Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and have a little old chin wag about them. My name is Ben Errington. I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Turner. Hello, Ben. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, Andy. Hello, everybody. Uh, No Mr. Luke Condor this week. Luke Condor with a K. He is, maybe he's been got by piranhas. I don't know. Yeah, he was at a, he was at a, Spa this weekend, wasn't he? Little cucumbers on his eyes. <laughs> Little cucumbers on his eyes. They didn't chop them up though. They were just full, full just cucumbers full coming straight cucumbers. out of his eyes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe there was a, a, a body of water nearby in the spa, you know. Uh maybe someone let a piranha into the jacuzzi. Yeah. Uh and you now he's just... bubbly. They've been like that's the same effect that piranhas getting you to make the water all bubbly, didn't it? Make the water bubbly and then turn red for a bit. And then he'll look down and he'll have real skinny legs and uh, no penis, apparently. They go for... <laughs> it's a, de- that, it's a delicacy. That's what'll happen. I mean, thankfully, anyone listening to this will have probably seen the film title. They'll have got the context. If you, yeah. go, into these, if you go into these blind, you're very confused right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, pretty confusing. Um, but yeah, that is today's movie. It's not about a spa. Well, there is a horror movie about a spa. What's that, What's that one called? Death Spa. Death Spa, that's it. I mean, maybe that should be one we do. It was on at Bristol Bad Film Club a little while ago, a little while back now. Um, probably yeah, the I remember best, that. Probably the best high five committed to cinema. Oh, yeah? Tell me more. Just, it's it's hard to assume. One simply can't explain it. You have to experience the greatest high five on oh. uh, Is a, it a, se- a severed hand? No, it's just two friends with an excellent secret high five that they do. <laughs> okay. Death Bar, is, uh, Death Bar is worth the discussion. See if Alice is about. Get her around. Get her amongst it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one for the future. But we are in a new month. We are in July. Um, if you follow us on social media or follow the show on social media, you'll see that we've put out the lineup for July, the summer of Horror Hangout. A couple of like definitely summer movies and a couple more that aren't maybe summer, but I don't know. They kind of I think, feel like they fit the vibe. 
I think we could tangentially bring them all in. So Piranha that we're watching today, Piranha 3D, very summery. Even though it's spring break, it's warm, it's hot, it's beach, it's swimming, summer. There's not there's not a single moment of nighttime in this movie, is there? No, all day. No, exactly. I mean, how many horror movies? Obviously, I know we've got Midsummer. How many horror movies can, you know, say that, that the whole thing takes place during the day? Very few. Very few. I'd say so, very few. So there you go. So that's very summary. And then what else we got for the rest of the month? Go on to the burning summer camp. So absolutely 100% summer. Incredibly summery, yeah. And then um, Teeth is week three of July. Um, don't know about you, Ben, but I use my teeth every summer. <laughs> to bite a lovely, bite lovely anything Ah, oh, Bite anything of, you find. But Bite anything that I want to bite up. Uh, use my teeth to do it. And yeah. then we'll find um, we're finishing off with the, the Witchfinder General. You know, um, one of the seasons that Witchfinders in history used to experience in the linear passage through time they used to experience and go through? Uh, summer? Summer, correct. Exactly. Yeah. Summer vibes. Witch, Witchfinders used to like burning witches, uh, obviously, and burning things. It's, it's quite hot, warm, muggy, you know, the fire, maybe. That's a summer yeah. thing. I don't know. Feel, also, oh, what campfire? I don't know when Teeth takes place. I don't know when Witchfinder General takes place. They might both take place in the froze of July, right it in the might, middle. It might be. In fact, it it might make sense that it does. The I haven't seen Teeth for a number of years. The only line of Teeth I remember is, "Hey, come on! I haven't even jerked off since Easter," which would imply <laughs> some time has passed. <laughs> Why since Easter? What 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 happened at Easter that you've gone right? I'm gonna have a bit of time off here. Just I've gone I've gone too hard the weekend be, literally. Must be yeah, must have been a long weekend. <laughs> it was a long weekend for some, yeah. And then uh, he was absolutely knackered, and then he rose from the grave on the Sunday. Was it the Resur- Sunday? Resurrected. Was it the Monday? <laughs> resurrected. I've been bloody resurrected. Come on, I haven't jerked off since. Easter. I hope you haven't got any teeth in your vagina. Oh no. But that's another story for another time. In the yeah, meantime, yeah. we'll what's, get into uh, that. What's, what's in the horror news, Ben? Uh, so, horror news starting with a rest in peace for the shining actor Joe Turkle, has passed away at age 94, known to horror fans for his role as Lloyd the bartender in Stanley Kubrick's Tut Shining. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's passed away. So, just give him a little. Rest in peace to one of the most iconic, probably the most iconic bartender in movies. Definitely the most iconic bartender in uh, horror, unless you can think of anybody else. Um, Kate from Gremlins, Phoebe Kate. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a small podium, though. <laughs> it's a tiny, tiny podium. But uh, obviously Joe Turkle is, is at the very top of it. Very top of it. Uh, what other bartenders? There's no other bartenders in horror, really. Probably. Uh, what about Tom Cruise in Cocktail? Cocktail. Um, the bartenders in Coyote Ugly. You gonna say? No. Um, Dust till dawn. There's bartenders there, but some oh, of them are bad. Yeah. Some of them are very bad. Did you know? Two hundred, almost two hundred and fifty episodes. We've never done from dusk till dawn. Have we not? Put that on a spreadsheet. Get that on a spreadsheet, the never-ending, ever-growing spreadsheet. The eternal uh, list of horror. We'll have to get that. I'm so surprised you've not done that one already. 
Yeah, I know. There's a few that have like slipped through the net, uh, the big casting net. Obviously, we used to. We're very organized these days where we plan months ahead, but we used to just go, what do we fancy next week? I don't know. Let's just do this. But uh, now we've got a spreadsheet, so we'll add it to that. Throw it on there. Uh, yeah. What other news have we got? So Salem's Lot, the tie-in edition of Stephen King's novel, gives us the first tease of the upcoming remake. There's an image doing the rounds. Um, apparently, it's like a re. They've it's a new cover for the book. Mm-hmm. So the first view of of what the movie's going to look like is this cover of the book, one of the now a major motion picture, and it's just like a big sign, "Welcome to Salem's Lot." Characters looking ominously over a foggy um town there's a house um obviously set in maine steam king um yeah so this is the first look and apparently this is coming out this year i don't know if we've got a release date though you know but the book seems to be hitting shelves on august the second so i i don't think the marketing came, campaign's even started has it i don't think i've seen anything else I've seen, for it i've seen very little about it i was aware that it was coming but I don't think I've seen yeah. very much yet. It's I'll gonna be... Google it now and there'll be a trailer, three trailers. Three trailer, three fan-made trailers. Uh, do you ever fall for fan-made trailers? Oh, in the past, but it's been a while because I watch less trailers now in general. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, my mum sent me a trailer to something the other day. I'm like, that's definitely fan-made. And she was like, no. Well, I was all bits from different films. Come on. Don't mug, it... don't mug yourself <laughs> off. <laughs> then this is Gremlins 3 that came out in 1989. Yeah, and talking of trailers, we have also got the trailer for Hocus Pocus 2, a teaser trailer. Um, I again, just like you, maybe we're not the best people to be talking about it now because I didn't watch it. Um, but how are you feeling about this? 29 years since the original Hocus Pocus, I feel like this has been one of those sequels that's been like rumored for longer than any other sequel. And talking of fake trailers and fake movie posters i've seen so many of those shared over the last probably 10 years that it's been getting on my nerves so i'm kind of an, i'm kind of relieved to see that it's actually happening so it's people finally just, finally here shut up about it you got a lot yeah. of fondness for hocus pocus uh yeah i like hocus pocus i think it was one of those films that was playing a lot in my household growing up um not i didn't live in a cinema it was just a house and uh <laughs> and uh the vhs my sister used to like watching it so it was all it was on a lot and then i think perhaps i went to a like a anniversary screening at the cinema as well at some point i can't remember when that was maybe like a 20 year screening that would, what would that have been 2013 possibly uh yeah so i'll look forward to it it's coming out on disney plus isn't it 30th of september so you've got a whole bloody month to get to, to get amongst it, get and watch it in time for Halloween. Get amongst it. Is that a film we could cover on this show? Is it horror enough? Is it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see when it gets a little bit closer. Also, <laughs> it's very difficult to do what will be a family spooky movie at the spookiest time of year. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do like it. I think it. Um, what did it do? It introduced me to a lot of things. I think it made me. Um fancy sarah michelle Geller. no not sarah michelle Geller. sarah jessica say? parker sarah jessica parker bloody triple barreled sarah's yeah so you mentioned uh, sarah jessica parker yeah i think that, that yeah and maybe maybe bet midler a little bit as well uh not really but maybe uh so yeah let's see what happens i'm assuming it's just the witches who are back i don't think it's thor birch and the kids I, and i don't know i 
Hocus Pocus was one that kind of passed me by. I remember seeing it on, you know, Disney VHS is saying, oh, there's a film called Hocus Pocus, you know, and wanting uh, to watch yeah. it. And then when we finally got round to it being on TV, was distracted yeah. by something else and maybe only half watched it. My sister was dead into it mm. and uh, never really sought it back out. Maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I'll watch it in preparation. Yeah. For it's a good Hocus sort of family friendly movie. It's got Doug Jones in it as well as a like zombie dude so i don't know if he'll be back in it as well yeah sorry you asked me what my history of hocus pocus is and i completely forgot to ask you back that's right didn't have any didn't have any incredibly (laughs) rude of me you know when someone goes what do you do for a job and you tell them and then they go all right i'll see you (laughs) (laughs) that's my bus bye speaking of which we're gonna do that job now bye i'll have to do it you'll never know uh okay so that's pretty much it for the news this week i didn't really see anything else of of note unless you've seen anything that's caught your eye um not anything? in the not in the news this week no Not in the news uh one of those horror uh news light weeks apart from uh well i was about to move on to the main what's going on i'm all over the place what you've absence what you've been watching? Where he's the he's the guiding hand that steers Luke's, the ship. Luke's absence is really affecting me. Usually, I think I can deal with it. Something about it today, I've got a bit of a foggy old brain. So maybe, maybe it's because like we only knew he couldn't make it this morning, so we haven't had time. Oh, yeah. We haven't had time oh, to God. mentally prepare for that kind yeah, of absence. I like to psych myself up for at least twenty four hours, you know, um, yeah. to step into the in, into Luke's tiny shoes. <laughs> I don't know what size, don't know what size feet he is. Um, so yeah, what we've been watching. I guess we've seen the finale to. Yeah, the I show. Think we, we'll talk. We'll talk the main event. Um, we won't go heavy on the spoilers if you're listening, but if you want to avoid no all spoilers for Stranger Things, I'm not gonna. I'm not about to rattle off who died and whatever. But overall yeah. opinions on Stranger Things. If you want to avoid all of it, there's time codes down the bottom there. So do what you yeah. like. Skip forward a few minutes. We're not gonna spoiled these there's two episodes essentially isn't it even though it's like what four hours in total yeah volume two i always feel like is it any point calling it volume two should have still just called it stranger things four here's the rest of them maybe i don't know the last if as a completionist it makes me feel a bit weird like, oh have you seen stranger things four volume one and volume two what baffling i'm yeah. confused there's only going to be a couple of months while it's difficult though because you've said have you seen stranger things for oh, the first bit but not the last bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. like give it a few weeks you've either seen it or not so you're fine yeah yeah okay and, um, and it's a couple it's a couple of years until stranger things vol- uh stranger yeah. things five right i think we've okay. said i think they've said there's an outside chance it could be the end of next year but it's more likely to be 2024 because this season took a long time to arrived didn't it uh, though it cc because was... covid because covid yeah because covid but also like have they filmed certain bits because these kids are like getting into middle age right now it's getting to a point where i'm like hang on a minute they're more of an adult than me how how are they going to look in season in season five is, Dust- is dustin gonna have that first, though, haven't they they've had that burst of growing now hopefully they shouldn't age that much more rapidly it's not like yeah, Finn Wolfhard's going to be like oh I'm 40 now I've got to watch my back it always happens though you know when someone like you've grown up watching for example and then suddenly you find out how old they're like hang on a minute I thought they were the same age as me how have they got 20 years ahead of me what's going on 
crazy. Yeah, especially when they're especially when they're famous as a child. I went from you know Macaulay yeah. Culkin being slightly older than me to like now he's a, still a little boy and I'm an adult. <laughs> he's still a little boy. Uh, yeah, so I guess Stranger Things, two hours. Did you do it all in one sitting? We did it in two. So we did yeah. one on the Friday night and then the other one we did on, on the Saturday evening. It was yeah. good, though. It's really good. Like I say, no spoilers. Um, it's mm. it's good, compelling TV. And I think it's a nice thing to be actually in it, you know, watching it when it's come out and everyone's excited about it. Like I was talking to my team at work today and everyone had watched it over the weekend and we were comparing like what we thought of the various bits of it. Mm. Um, yeah, you could nitpick about stuff, but genuinely just really good, solid TV. I mean, you could nitpick about stuff, but I'm almost like, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? Because it's, it's, it is well written. Um, it's got so many good characters. And I think one one of the things that makes it so strong is that it's got good characters, but the relationships between those characters are believable. They're complex um, and they're effective, you know. So when people are in peril, you genuinely feel like, Oh no, please, not this person or not that person. There are yeah. some sides to it that I find more interesting than others. You know, when there's like, with like a big cast like this and a lot of various narratives running through, some some narratives you, you look forward to getting back to more than mm-hmm. others. When you go back to others, you're a bit like, well, get on know. with it. Yeah. Get on with it. Um, That was probably my only ma- minor sort of point is that. And obviously, I think we, as we mentioned last, week with the black phone greatest hits of the genre this is something that wears that on its sleeve essentially Mm -hmm. and it goes these are the greatest hits of so many genres but obviously mainly 80s set mainstream culture i Uh, don't know if you noticed it ben i mean minor spoilers for stranger things but there are a few hints to a famous (laughs) horror franchise a couple a couple of horror outlets might have pointed this out there are a few really subtle nods to uh, a series you may have heard of called It's a Nightmare on and what Elm Street. Have you heard of that? Uh, sounds sounds a little bit niche. Uh, yeah, and a really, bit... really, really subtle, subtle, subtle nods yeah. to it. It wasn't that it was a really direct reference that they were really hoping for, but only the eagle-eyed journalists have spied mm. it. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> allergic to all that bullshit there. Oh, my sexual <laughs> took Wow. Uh, but I think overall it is, you know, it's superb. It's really, it, really great program. Um, I mean, you know, like in terms of the budget, like the effects are amazing. The music's amazing. Everything is pretty much amazing. And I understand why people might be cynical about, oh, it's the most popular thing in the world. Everybody's watching it. I, I feel a bit cynical about it. I think if you haven't seen it, then, oh my God, just do, because it is great. Yeah, I think the only the only thing I wouldn't recommend it for, and we spoke to one of my friends about it who'd been he doesn't really like horror stuff. Um and we've been recommending to him as he goes to the other series, like, oh, you can still enjoy it. There's there's horror elements to it, but it's not full on horror. No, no, it's not. But then this series came out and I was like, Yeah, it's too scary for you now. If you hadn't got into it yet, maybe don't bother. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's way too scary. It, well, does, my, well, it my... does lean into the horror a little bit more now, and now I'm just left desperately wishing away the next couple of years because you know there are characters that you know you want to see what happens with them next. There are people that have died. There are people that are poorly. That you know, are they going to be back? Are they going to be gone? Like, there's there's loads of stuff going on. 
Yeah, not the poorly ones. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to more. Um, and I think, yeah, everybody involved. It's great to see everybody's careers taking off as well and becoming becoming movie stars and all that thing is all very exciting very interesting and probably i won't spoil it but what there is a particular scene obviously and i know is people are going to discuss it as their favorite scene from uh the last couple of episodes but it didn't disappoint you know i kind of thought this is coming up something's going to happen and when it arrived i was like yeah that's that's pretty rad um and it was just because of all all of those elements coming together which are which were good but yeah some really good performances some believable bastards in it as well people that you're like oh god you old professor red flags professor red flags yeah but uh yeah good good times good stuff uh is that have you seen anything else this week you know what ben seen a fair bit this week i'm gonna rattle a few i'm gonna rattle a few things off for you some things you already discussed so um, Mad God, I caught up on. You're right, you can smell that, yes. that movie. Um, <laughs> it bloody stinks. Yeah, really good. Animation is incredible. Um, maybe a little bit too abstract in places. Like I think I might have yeah. I might have engaged with something that felt a little bit more direct in its narrative. And mm. but and sometimes I was like, oh, the world's horrible and this is horrible. But it's good, it's brilliant. You should definitely watch it. It's but it's um it's one that takes its toll. I've also done, in honor mm. of this week's film, I've done some more Piranha. I did original Piranha 2, uh, in which the piranhas can fly. It's James Cameron, you know. Um, but the, <laughs> is it? Yeah. The scariest thing about it, unfortunately, is how much sexual tension there is between two characters. There is a bit where the character in an early scene, um, you know, jumps onto this... Um, woman's bed and he's caught a fish and he's putting this fish in her face and then they sort of tussle and roll about on the bed a little bit and like really get face to face mother and son mother and son <laughs> in the film. it is james cameron honestly the, the sexual tension between those two characters wow is is uh, o- overshadows any threat of fish flying so james, james cameron pre-terminator two years before terminator he made this piranha 2 the spawning i've not seen it yeah, I also watched Piranha 3 Double D that follows on from this one. Mm. A little bit of a drop-off in quality. We'll come to that later. Um, other, other than that, I've been rattling through um, some more of the Paranormal Activity series. I'm as far as the marked ones okay. now. So Toby yeah. versus all those other things. Toby versus the pool robot. Toby versus Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> Toby versus <laughs> Xbox Connect. And now... Toby's doing it again, <laughs> this time with portals. Um, oh, yeah. Loves yeah, a good so, portal, doesn't he? Yeah, Doctor so, Strange. But yeah, Toby's all amongst it. So I've got two more Toby's to do. I've got the last Toby I saw at the cinema and the new one that I haven't seen yet. Got to catch up with that. And yeah. then I did a couple of new films that I'd not heard of before that I'd actually like to recommend. The first one is uh, Re- Revealer. It's come out on... Shudder, just this last week or so. It's directed by a chap called Luke, like our Luke, but different, Luke Boyce with a B. Um, uh, and it's, 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 for the most part, it's like a, like a one location piece. It does spread out a little bit later, but 
It's got, um, it's about one, it's set in 1980s Chicago, maybe events of 80s after hmm. Stranger Things. What time? 1980s Chicago, except for the apocalypse. Armageddon comes along and happens. Ah, and I rude. two women are stuck together in a stripper, like in like a peep show booth. And it is oh, yeah. um, one woman who is a stripper and one who is like an evangelical religious protester outside the shop that's in How'd there. she get there? Oh, she nipped in when the Armageddon started. Oh, I see. Um, oh, that's what happens. Oh, what are you in here for? Oh, just because there's was, an Armageddon outside. Uh, I was Can't outside. I was outside booing, and then, <laughs> and then she comes in. Um, you know what? For what is a silly apocalypse film, probably puts more development into the characters and an investment into moments between those characters, and you know how society these days is polarized. Then a lot of other films with bigger budgets have tried to do and or have done less successfully. It's worth a watch and it's all neon drenched and, and has some good killer lines as well. I think both of the leads are very good. Um, you good to see more from this team. It's really good. Yeah, it looks um, like both of, the, both of the leads haven't been in anything else. Yeah, That's I think it's both, a... of their, both of their feature debuts, I think. So yeah, I think we'll see both of, both of more of them. I think they're both really solid performances. Hmm. Um, I also saw oh, just a couple left then, don't you worry I also saw something called Vicious Fun it's a film from a couple of years ago it is about um, standard nice guy he's a roommate um, he's got a crush on his on his female roommate um, who is non-reciprocated, she's gone out with some sleazy guy, he follows the guy to a bar to um, see what he's really like and what he's up to and what he has that he doesn't and um, through a number of circumstances, finds himself in like uh, an AA circle, uh, like an AA meeting, but it is for serial killers. And they're all talking about all the murders that they've done. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Classic. It's funny. Nice bit of horror comedy, over the top gore. It's a good, it's a good shout. It's a good laugh. And then finally, you've been playing a bit oh, more nice. of the quarry. A bit of the quarry. Oh, um, yeah. Shit is getting real in the quarry right now. There are ghoulies about, running about in the forest. It's... Um, it's really good. Full review when I finished it, but really, really good production. Really enjoyable. If you liked um, Until Dawn, so I like it, but it's a different one. Mm. Yeah, I will get around to that one eventually. I do like the look of it. Wow, quite That's a busy, quite busy, a busy, intense week for you. Busy watching week. How about you? Only a couple of things additional uh, this week to, to Stranger Things. I watched, after watching the found footage phenomenon documentary on Shudder a couple of couple of films I hadn't seen before jumped out at me so I thought I'd go and watch both of those so I watched the McPherson tape which is like the 1989 um, birthday party becomes alien invasion movie uh, which was very shaky incredibly shaky you know one of one of well, well it's, it's thought of as one of the forefathers forefathers founding fathers founding fathers of found footage movies oh, yeah. I guess I guess you had cannibal holocaust before this which you would consider that as well but i guess this was the one which was like hey put that camera down why are you f still filming oh i've got to document this that's the apparently the first instance of that um not not the best birthday party slash aliens video that exists out there signs takes that without a doubt yeah uh in terms of the most effective um Looks a bit silly, I guess. The aliens in this and the characters are a bit, there's a bit, a lot of shouting. Um, and you know, 
it's it, you feel like a birthday party. They give the kids ice cream and jelly before you know it. People are shouting. It's all about the adults shouting in this one. Oh. Um, I can totally understand why it's like in terms of being authentic, because it does feel authentic. There's something about it. The, the the lulls between things happening feels authentic. It feels real. It feels like it is how people probably maybe would react. Um, so I can totally understand why it's so why it's sort of thought of so fondly in terms of the fan footage community and and, how, and what it spawned but i just don't think it's all that scary really um i mean it's interesting like if you went into it thinking this is a real move which i guess some people in 1989 may have thought because i think no internet was some, check no internet and i think was there like a remake of it as well like some sort of 90s remake i think i when i when i was when I've done a tweet, when I've done a bloody tweet about it, uh, government was, came and said, Ben, don't be spreading this around. Don't be spreading you this around, mate. This black was black bag. Yes. gone straight up real. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was all right. It was an interesting, an interesting sort of watch, especially, you know, as someone who's been exposed to so much fine footage, like a unbelievable wealth of fine footage. Sometimes it's nice to go back. And obviously a lot of people think of Blair Witch Project as being the, the first one to do it and it's interesting to see that things came before you know and uh if i was going to get into a conversation about fan footage i probably would have gone well there's kind of all of course but it was blair witch project wasn't it forgetting this so yeah that's interesting though and funnily enough though as you say about it being about the lulls i've noticed that recently going back through paranormal activity and obviously the first one of those is decades on from the mcpherson tapes but yeah you notice as that series progresses one of the notable things in the early entry was that downtime. There's a great deal of time where it's quite benign and nothing really happens. And even on some of those scenes that you just got really lots of stillness and quiet. Mm. Whereas as that series has progressed, particularly watching them back to back, even the ones that are still um, more kind of authentic found footage in their design, you see the hand of filmmakers and studios cutting things and, and thinking about pacing and really taking that that negative space out of it. You know, the, the mm. those quiet moments. That there is definitely a push for it to be more punchy and active all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there was that, and I also watched. So this one's, I guess, people. A lot of people still call it found footage. It's more like a sort of mockumentary, I guess. Uh, a movie called Man Bites Dog which is a French sort of mockumentary about a serial killer. Uh, this film crew are following him around saying, oh, you're a serial killer, are you? How'd you go about it then? And he's sort of talking to, and obviously he's talking to the film crew through it, but eventually they become complicit in his crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of a black comedy, like kind of the way, the matter of fact way that he talks about these crimes he's committing. And um, it's also like a bit of a social commentary as well, um, the way he's talking about, and he's a bit of a, well, he is a serial killer, so he's a bit of a bastard. Bit of a bastard. <laughs> he is a bastard, but he's, he's also like a big. He's a, also a big horrible fascist and a bit of an annoying twat who just every every word that comes out of his mouth, like he thinks he's, he thinks he knows what's what, and the the, the things he's doing are sort of some are good for society in a way. There are some really shocking moments where I'm like, oh wow, that was pretty gruesome, or that was unexpected, and a sense of like dread. Sometimes like kids will be walk into frame and it was kind of like talk to the kids and you're like what's he gonna do <laughs> do you know what i mean just like that sort of thing and sometimes yeah, they're like fake... bad. <laughs> sometimes there are fake outs and stuff but 
it was really effective. I thought it was, I, I found it really effective. It's, I mean, it's in black and white, so there's something really sort of like just gritty and horrible about it. Um, but yeah, I, rec- I recommend it. It's a bit, you know, if you like things like, I was going to say American Psycho, maybe that feels a bit too obvious, but it's got a bit of that where you're just okay. a bit. Yeah. I've not seen either of those. If you were to recommend one, what would you go for? What's your pick of the week? The feature you've just invented? I'd say Man Bites Dog, because as I said, the McPherson tape is probably of its time and I can see why it was effective, but maybe it's not so much now. Whereas Man Bites Dog it is still effective. Like it was still making me feel like a bit tense and being a bit like, oh, what's he going to bloody do? Don't kill someone. He kind of talks people, talks you through the audience about his kills and like how he goes about them and how he gets rid of bodies and what he does to pick out his victims and stuff. So it was, uh, it's, it's uh, as far as I'm aware, it's like got zero, pretty much zero budget. Um, and the, and it is effective and everybody involved, you know, victims and the killer as well. They are believable. Um, some would say it's like a bit one note because I guess he's going, Never guess what? I'm a serial killer. Is I'll kill someone, and then it's like that over and over and over again. Okay, which is fine. But you know, it might be one note. But if you enjoy that note, then it's fairly, fairly interesting. Sounds good. Uh, Give it I'll a go. Make, I'll make my pick of the week. Then revealer. That was fun, and it's new, and you should support the people behind it because then they can do more cool stuff. Yeah, that sounds good. I think I'll give it a watch uh, on Shudder maybe this week as well. Yeah. I, I saw it. I saw it. Um, released but part of me was hoping that maybe you or luke had seen it so there we go there we go got stuck in so good at film amongst all of that we still had time plumbing film of the week piranha (laughs) well you say that but i was nowhere near as as involved as you this week uh really rattling through things that's been right yeah it's been raining. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, dude, I, I do love that though. I do love a, a movie, a movie day when it's when it's raining outside. Perfect. What's that? The dog needs a walk. Nah, come on. Stick on piranha double D. That's what we need to do. Um, so yeah, this week's film is Piranha 3D. But neither of us watched it in 3D though. That'd I, be silly. I, I this Hang time I watched it in this time I watched it in the regular number of television dimensions. I used to have it on DVD that had that had 3D glasses for a normal non-3D TV. So I have watched it in 3D more than once. Did you see it in, at the cinema in 3D? Did see it at the cinema in 3D. I see. I don't remember. If, I don't know if I did. I've got. It's one of those films where I'm like, I've seen this a lot because I remember so like so many things about it. I'm like, I'm really familiar with it, but I don't think I saw it at the. At the at the cinema okay so if you had seen it at the cinema in 3d ben i don't think you'd you'd remember i don't think you forget a um sort of bitten off floating three-dimensional retroscopic penis floating towards you in the cinema if you see that then that's with you forever that's your final memory yeah sticks to you for life okay so piranha 3d or just piranha if you're watching it in all the regular dimensions is a 2010 american 3d horror comedy film 3d maybe 3d uh serves as a loose remake of the comedy horror film piranha from 1978 during a spring bake on spring break on lake victoria a popular waterside resort an underground tremor releases hundreds of prehistoric carnivorous piranhas into the lake uh and then chaos ensues things getting bitten off uh plenty of things getting bitten off local cop julie forrester played by elizabeth shu who i think we last discussed in sliver 
possibly. She's in Sliver, isn't she? She is. She is in Sliver. That's the last thing we discussed her in. Joins forces with a band of unlikely strangers. I don't know if I'd describe it as that. It's just, well, there we go. I, remember, I distinctly remember uh, Christopher Lloyd being in this far more. Yeah. So, and Jerry so O'Connell. <laughs> directed by Alexandra Aja, who, and, you know, we've covered several of his, we've covered Crawl on this podcast. We've covered Hills Have Eyes remake, possibly, or did we do the original? Um, I'm not sure if we've done the remake or not. It's been so yeah, long. If we haven't boring. done the remake, we should, because it's got Pyro from X-Men in it, and he yeah. has enough, and then he sorts out those mutants. It is a good, it is a good, uh, a good remake, and also High Tension, the the French slasher, which is which is good. We've not covered that on the podcast. Um, but yeah, then there was a f- sequel, Piranha Free DD, which the title doesn't relate to the dimensions you watch the movie in at all. No, what, it, what it, it relates to the dimensions of the boobs that the film is mostly about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although you know you can't just tie everyone with the same brush and say double D. You know, bra sizes are. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it can be complex, you know. You can't just go saying everyone double D. Maybe everyone involved was double D, and that's that was a stipulation before they were cast. That you know, if you're going to start a film called Piranha Free Double D, you have to back it up with something. Um, but yeah, and well, this is like a B movie, isn't it? Like it sits somewhere between. Like one of the reviews I'll review, I'll read out in a minute. We'll we'll sort of describe this. In fact, I'll go. I'll, we'll go to the reviews. Um, so Just a couple of choice, choice reviews. That, then while you get those ready, I have to issue a small correction. Otherwise, we'll get tweets. Elizabeth Shue is not in fact in Slither, um, because that is someone else. She, we last saw Elizabeth Shue in Link, of course. Oh yeah. Why did I think she was in Slither? Um. That's someone else whose name escapes me now. I'm on the spot, but <laughs> someone else called Elizabeth Shoes. Uh, it's not. It's the the lady from Pitch Perfect who's the commentator and she's a director. And oh yeah, a oh, link, uh, link of course. But yeah, uh, to be fair, link and Hollowman. Ah, oh, Hollowman. Why did I think she was in Slurry? That's weird. I'm I'm not I'm not operating at 100 percent of my brain capacity today. I will be honest. I'm feeling a little bit. That's Elizabeth Banks. There we Ah! go. Thank goodness. To be fair, though, try and picture them both in your head. At the same time, tough. Both Elizabeths, both similar facial structure. I'd say similar age, same age, maybe. Um, Have Have you ever seen them at the same place at the same time? Is this a Clark Kent Superman thing all over again? Sounds like it, doesn't it? Right. Oh, rumble. actually, there's actually there's ten years. There's ten years between their ages. Have a guess who's older? Um, Elizabeth Shue, slightly older. Correct. Correct. Thank you. Imagine um, I got that wrong. I'm so sorry, Elizabeth. Thanks. So, so, what, so what I'm doing there is I'm trying to say that the the major error I made. I'm trying to make excuses for it. So I'm sorry. But yeah, if anyone stopped listening to the podcast at the exact minute, went away to watch Sliver, realized it was Elizabeth Banks, they'll forever think of me in their head as an imbecile, which is fine. I can live with it. Uh, so yeah, um, this film on it on IMDb is rated five point five, uh, two point four on Letterboxd. Uh, so that's obviously slightly lower. Rotten Tomatoes seventy four percent critic score. That's pretty high. Forty three percent audience. 
it feels like it's one of those that would be the other way around. Yeah. In terms of critics and audience. Maybe that's the couple... timing, because I feel like if one maybe the CG has aged in some areas. So maybe if people have come to it later, they've been it for that. Yeah. Well, so a couple of choice reviews from Letterboxd. Derek Carter says, This is the best sci-fi channel movie that ever hit theaters. And I guess what I was gonna say is it feels like it sits somewhere between a sci-fi channel monster movie and a theatrical B movie, doesn't it? Um, the f- the finale rivals Peter Jackson's Dead Alive for sheer batshit, insane, over the top gore fest absurdity. Three and a half stars. Uh, Jack Woodcock says needs more boobs, but <laughs> but he's oh, rated it four stars. Oh, Jack! Uh, oh, Jack, have some time on your own. Um, and Libby says I like the part with the piranhas. Two stars. So you know. Well, she likes different... part of the piranhas. That's about eighty percent of the movie. So, yeah, maybe there's a certain part that twenty percent with... must have brought it down. Yeah, there's a certain part. Uh, so, in terms of cast, we've got Elizabeth Shearer, Sheriff Julie Forrester, Stephen R. McQueen. Who's he think he is being called Steve McQueen? As Jake Stephen Forrester. R. McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> Even R. McQueen. They've gone. What? Well, my 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 uh, actor name. I'm going to be my stage name. Stephen McQueen. What? No, you have to put someone in the middle. R. McQueen. Okay. And his middle name is? What do you reckon? Richard. You'll never get it. Chadwick. <laughs> that is an R. <laughs> What's he done? <laughs> Stephen, Stephen C. McQueen. And someone was like, nah, just don't That's taken, mate. <laughs> Adam Scott, isn't it? Um, which I was surprised to see Adam Scott in Adam this. Adam Scott is like an action star in this. Yeah. Uh, Jerry O'Connell. As well, um, and horror fans will recognize him from Scream 2. Um, people as... of a particular age remember him as Quinn from Sliders. <laughs> oh, yeah, d- but d- interesting fact here his character name in Scream, his name is Derek. His name in this film, also Derek. Loves a Derek, loves a Jarrett, Jet, loves a, <laughs> loves a Derek. Also, uh, any British listeners will have recognized Kelly Brook. So famous in the UK is like a glamour model um, slash big breakfast I guess, host. Big breakfast host, yeah. And she was in like other reality TV shows as well. Um, so yeah, and she's got quite a substantial role in this film. Uh, Ving Rames is also in it. Again, I was surprised to see Ving Rames. Couldn't remember him being in this, but there we go. He always turns up. Uh, this was a little bit late. This was he was having a good run in horror especially horror remakes around about this point in time. Uh, and then some smaller roles for Christopher Lloyd and, of course, Richard Dreyfus in the opening scene, um, which was very exciting to see. And obviously, if you're a fan of a certain song in Jules, not the main theme, not the main theme, a certain song that is sung, it gets a refrain in this opening scene as well, which was yeah. a nice touch, seeing as this is a, a water-based, angry predator. although. By numbers, sharks kill far less people than hippos, I think. And that's true, isn't it? Yeah. Or just drinking at sea. The alcohol get you. The sun. <laughs> the alcohol get you. You fall in, you sink to the bottom, that's it, you're dead. Uh yeah, so what I think you've I think you've nailed it, Ben, with the overall description. I think mean, you can't really put it better that this is it is at its heart a B movie, and I can articulate this much: it's a B movie with possibly the most star-studded cast of a B movie ever. Like all of these huge names in this B movie, what I find it hard, and I think what is 
more art than science here is <clears> that this leans so hard into the excesses of um, a B movie. I think it would have been very easy to look at this now with eyes of the 2020s and be like, oh God, this is this is terrible and this isn't right anymore. And this is, you know, this this film is entirely is entirely cancelled in the terrible cancel culture that we live in today. But there's something about about it, even though it is at its heart, I imagine, you know, you could argue incredibly exploitative, incredibly male gazy, incredibly over the top in its gore and its excesses and its things like that. But it feels like it is done with genuine good humour and it feels mm. like I could be wrong. You could read behind the scenes and it's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. But it feels like they had a lot of fun making it. And it feels that it's got that lightheartedness and it never took itself so seriously. And it's got that caricature level about it. That, yeah, um, I think that that's why it's enjoyable. I think that's why it possibly wouldn't be cancelled because it is like everyone's in on the joke, you know, and it's not like, sure, there's nudity in it, and but you've got two characters in the movie who are kind of like, <laughs> these are essentially the filmmakers of the film you're watching in terms of the exploitative nature of the nudity and stuff. But it's just like, it's kind of it's kind of the point, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it's fine to kind of take it at, at face value or boob value <laughs> for what, what is happening. You know, you kind of... It's a spring. It's a spring break movie. It's set at spring, but spring break. Yeah, it's, it's a got... roller coaster ride of all of this excess and drinking and partying. And we don't have spring breaks in in England like you do in um, in the US because it's cold here in spring and rainy. Mm. Yeah, um, and where would what lake would we go to? Chew Valley Lake, <laughs> yeah. which is very nice. You, it's lovely. You, yeah, you go for a lovely walk. Tell you what. Best fish and chips in the country at Tree Valley Lake, I'd say. Oh, and yeah, they're pretty good, yeah. They are really, good. really good. But, but no, um, no drinking, nudity, partying. Yeah, uh, no, none of that. No, no, no wakeboarding with your top off and slamming beers and oh. and Jerry O'Connell going absolutely coke mad. None yeah. of that. None of that. Absolutely none of that. Um, but yeah, I find it. It's not. It just feels like one of those films. It's like, yeah, sure, it's of its time. And talking about 2010 as of its time is kind of mad. But it was a mad, pretty mad time for it, like horror cinema as well, wasn't it? It's a mad time. And I think this, in the same way as when you watch a trauma movie, which goes out of its way to be offensive to the, you know, to to almost anyone it can take a shot at effectively. It has that feel about it where it's like, yeah, we're joking about this and we're joking about these excesses. I've seen other films that are less overtly in your face that I'm still mm. like, this feels a bit a bit rough to watch nowadays. But this was, yeah. still, this was still a lot of fun. And it, I think it's because everything is done to such an extreme measure and with such a smile on its face and a little, little cheeky wink that it really gets away with it. And I think Alexandra Adger is... Um, perhaps the perfect person for a over-the-top creature feature these days. I can see why continue to do more films like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a good time. And as I think I mentioned before, I feel like I've seen it more times than than perhaps I'd like to admit. It's definitely it's probably a film you, you'd like to watch. It's like a party film, isn't it? Like, you know, if you've got friends over and you're not 
chug it down a beers. Maybe you just want to put put a fun movie on to, for everyone to gasp and look away from and shake their head in disapproval at. This this is it. You know, it. you'll put you'll put this on. Arguably, not such a crafted film as other examples, but you'd put this on at a party before you'd put on the witch. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, that's true. I don't, mean, like, I don't know what you're like at a party. All, the, all that banging on about about Jesus and loving him enough, put you right off. It's got the same level of nudity though, buddy. And uh... that's similar, but bad, but worse weather. <laughs> but it's the thing, like if you were going to go, oh, let's stick on Sharknado. Like what you know about that is that it's naff, and probably it's too naff to be actually entertaining because. You know, it takes it. It is that sci-fi, B, sci-fi mm. channel B movie level. Whereas this, at least, it's got you know, Vic Rames there with a shotgun. Mark's we know- quality about this. You've got, you've got ageless, ageless wonder, Christopher Lloyd, who's just been that same age since <laughs> forever, since forever, since the beginning of forever. Yep, yep, pretty much. Um, and that's the thing. And obviously, Richard Dreyfuss in the opening scene. Seeing these faces just gives it that, and it does lean heavily into like jewels. Of course, we've got the everyone going back in the water, regardless. We've got um, spring break essentially being a big pool for tourists. Well, not so tourists, they won't you know. close the so they won't, so they won't close close the, lake. close the lake, loads of stuff like that, you know. Um, and even though I wouldn't say it's not as like actually scary as jewels because. For, for obvious reasons and also like the cgi does look a bit yeah the cgi is the only thing that's really dated some of the practical stuff is still really good yeah 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 De- oh yeah definitely well it's mainly injuries isn't it um yeah. the practical stuff people being um, turned into just skeletons <laughs> people being turned into skeletons immediately turned into skeletons um but yeah it's it's effective am i gonna watch it again anytime soon Probably not on my own, like I did this time, but I would quite easily stick it on tomorrow with a group of friends, you know, and yeah. and, en- and, and enjoy just, it. You could just get get by it again, and I and I feel like my wife Karen doesn't always watch um, my horror hangout movies with me. Told her it was uh, Piranha this week, and she was like, "Oh, stick it on, I'll watch that with you," because she's seen it before, and she would happily watch it again. And Karen is a person that almost never watches a movie a second time. There are like two movies that she'll mm. watch on multiple occasions. Otherwise it's like seen that done. Yeah. Complete, completed it, mate. Um, I know what you mean now. I think like probably 90% of my, maybe not 90%, but a, a decent percentage of movies that I watch per month are new watches. Yeah. It's rare that it would be something I've seen, seen but, before. But I'd stick, I'd stick this on again, like you say, and just you know, you have got people around. Do you want this bit of fun in the background? Yeah, because I, th- I actually think I've watched Sharknado in like, ha ha. There's a group of us who watched Sharknado, never seen it before, ha ha. And it wasn't fun. It was just a bit like, oh for God's sake, come on. Oh, that's very silly, isn't it? Yeah, all right, turn it off. Yeah, get Piranha on. Maybe I'll have to give Piranha three double D a watch then, just a just in the background possibly. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> background watch. Diminished returns on what you get from from this mm. but it's still it's got some it's got some fun moments serious summer vibes as well you know it's a, it's a lo- it's lovely weather out there people have got uh sun cream on their nose which makes which well, makes you, you got your zinc on your nose yet gotta take this stuff seriously you know i mean you can have a summer movie but if people aren't taking them people are taking a piss in the in the sun and not protecting themselves then it'll be a horror in more ways than one you know yeah. It's the long-term horrors that you know at least if the piranhas get you that's just 
all all done. It's not the. <laughs> it's all done. It's only a few, bit, few only moments a few of pure not, agony. Not the agonizing uh, pain of uh, long term skin damage. Um, sun, no. sun, sun lotion up, guys. Factor 50. Stay That's out serious the sun stuff. Days. Look at your UV yes. exposure. Stay out the sun. And, you know, if there is the potential of a piranha attack, stay out of the, uh, stay out of the water as well, you know. Even though, where are piranhas? Just in South America? Is that a, uh, is that me? Be- depends where there's underground lakes, Ben. If they, if any tapped in, they could, mm. they could be anywhere in the world. Yeah, I think I, I went through. I guess if the world is hollow, like in those King Kong movies, they could swim about. Yeah, that's true. I did go through a phase where I think piranhas were on the precipice of my of my worries in life. Uh, like around about the same time, I was worried about rabies and and quicksand. I'd say quicksand, rabies, piranhas, piranhas, um, piranhas tremors, and like uh, things being in the great, ground. Yeah, a great white shark being in a swimming pool. Yeah. You were swimming lion, along. Lion learning how to ride a bike. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? A lion learning how to ride a bike. Get you. Yeah, get you, yeah. On foot, you'd be able to outrun it. But If on you a had bike. a bike. But if the lion also had a bike. Oh, you'd be screwed, wouldn't you? You'd be absolutely screwed. Uh, yeah, piranhas. Like I, I was always a bit worried about like any sort of freshwater you know, wild swimming or anything. I'd have some... No, I don't I wouldn't want to get involved. Piranhas in there. Could be piranhas in there, or it could be that fish that swims up the warm stream of your urine, if you have a wee in the water, some people do, uh, and goes straight into your urethra, yeah. and then explodes your, your genitals. <laughs> Explode out like an old stickleback. <laughs> yeah, that I think when I first heard about that, that was a, a, a serious worry I had for a few weeks. Uh, but I got over it, you know. I'm all right now. Don't worry about me. I'm not not free pissing into into stagnant water, and you're fine. No, you got when you got to go, you got to go. That's the thing, isn't it? So how does this? So this movie starts off with a classic passing Dr- of the torch. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus singing "Show Me the Way to Go." This is this is the Rock walking past. Um, this is the Rock walking past Arnold Schwarzenegger in "Welcome to the Jungle" slash "The Rundown," depending on your territory. And all the talks are telling the rock to have this is a passing of the torch. Yeah. It's Richard Dreyfus fishing, doing his classic little sing-along, and he drops the piece of litter in the lake mm. that breaks the camel's back. And it's a very, very there's a lot of litter under the lake. There's chair plastic chairs, a load of nonsense. I'm not surprised there's been an earthquake if that's how it works. <laughs> that's it so basically the the bed of the lake is at maximum carrying capacity if one more bit of litter falls on that yeah. it's gonna break and it what, does what, book a room what does, he, what does he drop just a can of something just, just the tinny yeah he knocks the little tinny off the edge just the tinny drinking. what is it what's he drinking john smith's yeah. is it non-branded lager or is that an opportunity for them to have got something in there uh, if, if, yeah. if it'd been if it'd been the modern era It'd be Rona's all day long, wouldn't it? Like the Fast and Furious franchise. It'd be he'd be sinking some ice cold heinies. Heinies. <laughs> A lovely heinie. Buddy Miller time where he is, but but yeah. I don't know what I don't know what brand it is. They obviously didn't pay enough. So he drops one, uh, he drops one in there, it sinks to the bottom. Um, and that's the piece of litter that broke the camel's back. And um big earthquake happens and the ground splits asunder. And unleashes like a vortex of piranhas. I've, yeah, so it's like, first of all, it causes, it causes like a whirlpool of doom, and then all of your CGI piranhas come 
swimming out. Uh, and how does he end up in the water? Slips. He just, he just he's, he's being well pulled about, isn't he? Yeah. And he yeah. um and he's trying to restart the engine of his car, but he gets car boat, but he gets flipped. <laughs> You're safe in a car. You can't get in. But uh, he's in. What his is this boat. boat sinking? What you've done is you've got a metal boat with wheels on it. Yeah. And they're good. It's one of them <laughs> land boats. Um, but um, he falls out of his boat and he gets vortexed by the piranhas, eaten up. Um, yeah. And he only has enough energy left for his skeletal hand to come out of the water, terminate a yeah. Give a little wave to say, as if to say, goodbye from goodbye. me, Mr. Dreyfus. Enjoy piranha. <laughs> Enjoy piranhas. I've been gotted. Um, yeah, his hand is absolutely his hand looks, I mean, it looks painful. That does that looks like he's been bitted right up, but uh, yeah, it's not, it's not good. Uh, Alastoplast is not gonna cut it when it comes down to healing from that. He's gone. Um, so yeah, he sinks to the bottom, and then we get the title, I think, around about that at that point. And then we're introduced to, you know, our, our, our main players in this. So spring break is happening. We're on Lake Victoria in Arizona. There's a dude called Jake Forrester. How would you describe him, right? So he's not like a nerd, essentially. He's, I'll tell you what, he does remind me of the character from Hocus Pocus, even though you've not really bothered with Hocus Pocus. I feel like this is going to fall on deaf ears. But the main character in Hocus Pocus is like, he's new at a school. He's not a geek, but he's a new guy and he kind of he fits in a bit, but not quite. But he's forever held back by having to look after his sibling and obviously in this siblings. So he can't be free to, you know, Jake wants to get into all hijinks with the girl. He's got his eye on Kelly, who does seem to have a potential, possibly a boyfriend, maybe just a love interest. Just a douche um, in an opening scene and then never again. Yeah, um, a douchebag. Um, but also, but he's getting he needs to look after his, his kids. So I think his kids, his siblings, because I think at one point he says, Oh yeah, I've got I've got busy tomorrow. Sorry, I've got to look after the kids. Because his mum is big time sheriff who's always busy, always at the house. Um especially, especially during spring break, because that's when loads of kids come pissing about in town. And yeah. you see the opening scene where some guy is getting a ticket for being a shit driver and he's all set of drinks just right i suggest you walk it off and then the guy gets a little bit um shitty he's like oh i thought you take me in sheriff and she whips out the taser to his mate and says you give me any shit mate you're gonna be pissing lightning bolts for a week her words not mine oh yeah i like that and then he's yeah because he says oh you look good in tan because he's trying to he's trying to hit on her how rude um and she says not tan it's beige you twat. Just get fucked, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna zap you with this um taser. Um so yeah, there's obviously loads of obnoxious teens about um drinking up in the town. Poor Jake, who is just a normal person, not like a archetype of douchery, just wants to do normal things. But as mm. you said, Ben, the true villain of this piece, you know, Ben, it's not piranhas, it's not even littering, it's the extortionate cost of childcare. For a working single parent, we do we do we hear about any uh, another parent involved? No. So admirably, she's doing a uh, sheriff Julie Forrester is doing the single parent job, but Jake, he's of age. How old is he? Seventeen, eighteen, 
17? It's gotta be 17, 18. 17, 18. He's he is... about college and Kelly has gone off to college, but he has not. He's being roped in to to basically be. And even the kids, even the kids say, Oh, don't make him look after us. We're big and we're, we can look after ourselves. Um, which you know is is also admirable. They grow up so fast, don't they? They grow up so fast. They don't need a babysitter, they don't want Jake about. It's not because they're nice to him and want him to be able to live his life. No. Don't like having he, him around either. He's between no. two worlds. Too old to be with the kids. <laughs> too young to be with he the cramp, adults. He cramps their style, if anything. They want to go off on adventures, you know, go into <laughs> islands um, and having a, having a right laugh. Um, but yeah, after he's had a bit of a chat with Kelly, meets the boyfriend who's a bit of a knobhead. He, and he then... tips a drink on him. Like Kelly basically goes, oh, like he's got, he's got tickets to this thing. He's a really good DJ. He's a really good DJ, actually. And, um, and <laughs> he's, he's jockeying them discs. Actually, he's, he's all right. And then he immediately proves it wrong. You think, oh, fucking hell, mate. I've just been is saying just, you're all right. Is it him or is it his, his mate? I him and his mates. They like pull up in the car and immediately... The biggest dick thing in the world is you pull up to pick someone up and they just beep the horn. Yeah. Hurry up. Got places to be. Um, yeah. Anything you're on holiday, mate. You're on <laughs> island time now. And then he goes up and goes, Oh, nice shirt, tips a drink over him. They're like, uh yeah, it's a Pixie shirt, which we also find out is Kelly Kelly Brooks. Well, not Kelly Brooks, but Kelly Brooks character, Danny. She likes Pixies as well. Although she does say the Pixies. And it's one of those where I'm a bit like, I'm pretty sure it's Pixies, but I <laughs> oh, think... You're going to gatekeeper. You think, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Pixies, is it? What's your favourite three albums? Not single <laughs> tracks, please. <laughs> but I think we'll let her off. I think The Pixies st- still works. Because I think Smashing Pumpkins and The Smashing Pumpkins has gone back and forth a bit. Maybe maybe I've got it wrong. You know, Maybe I'm the wrong one all along. Kelly Brooks, uh, correct. I mean, mate, this podcast, is it Horror Hangout or The Horror Hangout? Welcome to the <laughs> horror hangout. I think we say every episode. Welcome to the horror hangout. I'm pretty sure it's horror hangout. I think Luke started that, and we just let him get on with it. You know, he's got a temper. Yes, he's like this boyfriend. You you correct him once, you'll tip a drink over you. Even yeah. in tell you what, Ben. Even in this economy, where where disposable income is at an all time low, and drinks are at an absolute premium, he tip a pint over you. What does he throw? He throws like a big slushy, a massive big. I tell, you what, they, I tell you what, they were expensive in the 90s, let alone 2010 in a holiday destination. Oh, yeah. Even if they change from a fiver. Extortion. You will tip, not see change from a fiver. It'll, it'll tip it over a guy. And poor Jake, he's going to have wasps after him. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's just like not normal behavior. I think as a, with an adult, like when you look at these scenarios as an adult, you're like, that's not normal behavior. As a kid, you're a bit like, yeah, kids are bastards. But also, it's, like, like... It's, it's, total, it's a total film bullies thing. Or maybe it's a maybe it's a cultural thing. I feel like even the mo- most meek and mild person in this country, if a bully tipped a slush of, you'd headbutt them in the face, right? Yeah, you'd be fuming. You'd be fuming. <laughs> you would absolutely lose. Absolutely right. not. I'm not getting soaked. Getting soaked is really annoying. Like, Especially like on a night out. You ever been soaked on a night out? Oh. Where someone's just like accidentally nudged into you and poured a pint down your back. There's no coming back from that. <laughs> if it's you've got you've got a few seconds to to make it clear it was an accident and to be incredibly sorry. 
and then and then you'll do the british thing and both be incredibly sorry oh, i'm so sorry no i'm sorry i i bumped into you and spilt your drink but if one yeah, person yeah. hasn't apologized the red mist is going to descend and but before it, you but know if it, it if you're about three pints deep i don't think it matters i think you're automatically angry regardless of whose fault it was <laughs> fuck's sake all the way down my what is also annoying is I'm sure we've all been there. I'm not sure which role you put yourself in there. I put myself in the role of being spilled on, but spilling a drink, right? Put yourself in this position. You've queued up ages to get beer. Ages. Ages. And you've just moved away with your beer, trying to get out of the hustle and bustle, trying to get out of the crowd. I bought a drink once, a pint. God, I think I was at a gig, queued for ages to get it. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. For some reason, my hand was way more lubricated than I realized. So as I was carrying plastic it out, cups, a plastic it, cup. it just slipped. It just completely slipped and was gone. In seconds, gone. And there was no... That was it. That was that. Done. That's and the other thing. <laughs> go to a gig. Maybe I'm sure I made. I go to a gig and there'll be people, people, people dancing about and doing a bit of moshing up at the front. Depends on what you go to. You don't get this kind of behavior at Ed Sheehan. But anything... <laughs> Anything else, um, you know, people, people washing the jumping out, <laughs> and you'll see the beers going up in the air, and you think, Oh, yeah, yeah, I've just watched thousands of pounds at a venue. Yeah, I'm just that is money. Just, like, <laughs> just watching all this money fly into the air. You might as well be in Noel's house party in the in the little <laughs> the booth with all the money flying around with all that beer because it's insane. Oh, god, <laughs> just get it. Yeah, that, oh. that's pretty bad. And also, you know, if you're at a bit, usually a bigger gig, maybe an outside gig or a festival, when a pint gets thrown, you know, and there's that moment where it hits you and it's a bit warm and you're like, it was piss. Got to be piss. 
I'm not gonna, gonna. I'm not gonna smell it. I'm just gonna get on with my life. I'm just gonna remain here in this field. I've got as close as I'm gonna get to the stage. I'm just gonna stay here, drenched in piss. Thanks. Well, what Thanks, we're saying, well, paid money to be here. <laughs> Thanks, world. <laughs> what we're saying is, throwing a drink, especially of that size. You know, you got to really commit to that. You got to really hate the person to want to throw a drink. I, I personally, I don't think I've ever thrown a drink in someone's face. You see that a lot in films and TV shows, don't you? Like, oh, this time, I'm sick of you. Have a drink in your face. I've never I guess done it. Good, I guess it'd be a good power move. Would you buy a different drink if you're planning to throw it in someone's face? Yeah. What's the heaviest drink? Well, I think the, I think the one with the most staining potential. I'll have the house red, please. <laughs> I have the house red because it'll be so dash it in their face. What's he wearing? He's got his brand new white Ben Sherman shirt on. (laughs) It's his white FCUK t shirt. Fuck it over, you bastard. Yeah. Hey, Ben, I didn't think you drank red wine. No, I don't. (laughs) Oh, oh, what have you got planned? But I've heard you've been having a polite conversation with my girlfriend. No indication that you were flirting with her at all. In fact, you appear to be old friends of some sort. But I'm going to tip this on you. Yeah. How rude! But obviously, it doesn't doesn't go well for him anyway. You so know, he gets his. In many ways, that life is on the up for Jake after this. Um, he goes to pick up his sister from from clarinet. Um, feels weird playing an instrument like clarinet in a hot climate. I don't know why it feels like a cold weather instrument. <laughs> um, so she plays. So she plays what, clarinet. What's a hot, what's a hot weather instrument? Steel drums. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because you're just you're totally right. Just imagine walking down a high street at Christmas time and hearing someone play steel drums. Yeah, no, it'll take you right out, right out of the situation. Yeah. But they're they're hot weather, hot country instruments. But yeah, she plays clarinet. Um I guess it is a lake rather than a tropical like island. We'll we'll let them have it. Um and she's got chatting to Kelly Brook of all people while she's waiting for her brother to pick her up. And obviously she's a little girl, so, you know, she can say things that anyone else wouldn't. So she like, she's like, all right, I like your clarinet or whatever. And she's like, oh, I like like your boobs. She's like, yeah, thanks. And she goes, yeah, lots of of people do like her. Stitches her brother up already. And little girl says, oh, my brother will be in me. Oh, she'll (laughs) like your boobs too. And then as soon as he arrives, she goes, all right, Jake, don't look at her boobs. And he's like, it's like a bingo. It's like a you've got a bingo card. How many times can you mention Kelly Brooks boobs while she's on? Uh, I don't know if this was Kelly Brooks time of trying to be taken seriously as an actress, but, you know, is this doing anything for her? Mentioning her boobs. The first scene in cinema, mention her boobs four times. Yeah. yeah, she's having a bad time as a as a person trying to be taken seriously as an actor. Jake's having a bad time in character, just being bullied by not only horrible bullies, but his own sister. I was just checking. She's been in loads of stuff. She was in the Italian Job remake, Kelly Brook. She was in Juice Bigelow, European Gigolo. I've not seen that one. I know Rachel Stevens is in that too, though, right? Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, oh, she's also, she has a range of. I think she has a range of bras for MS these days. She was also in in 2012, Keith Lemon, the film. I think just the least, the little. Bit... <laughs> How did that ever happen? How did that ever happen? That's like the, the got to be the cur- what would be the cursed, the cursed like trilogy of movies. Keith Lemon, the film, Mrs. Brown's Boys, that movie, and was is, there, there, was a Nol- there, like- is there a Nolan one? 
Was there like a Little Britain's movie? Little oh, Britain movie? Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Well, then here we go. That's it. That's what that's what hell would be watching those films on repeat. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're, maybe Keith Lemon movies all right. Maybe yeah, we're sorry. being too maybe we're being too judgmental. But Kelly Brooks here, and immediately people are. I mean, you know, I guess especially of the of the era. It's what a lot of people knew her for. Um, apart from breakfast television, just light entertainment of a morning, having a little laugh with Johnny Vaughan. What a lovely time. Mm. But also. Um, having no clothes on in the newspaper. Yeah. What, 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 was she was she a newspaper model? Was she more like a an FHM? FHM, FHM yeah. For him magazine. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, nut, nuts and zoo. You know, this is a FHM magazine. Doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. What a weird, what a weird cultural throwback. There'll be generations of kids growing up now that won't know there was once an era of like magazines what were for men that would have a lot of adverts for clothes and cologne in them, and then uh, an attractive famous lady in a in a bikini or less sometimes, and then advice from Vin Diesel about punching a guy in the face. Yeah, soft porn for like people from the age of fourteen to nineteen, possibly. Um, do they have ringtones you could buy in the back? Probably. Yeah, you have to be that exact. You have to be that exact era of the exact era and age of people. If you are within the demographic where you could have paid for a ringtone, FHM was was for you. Yeah, I thought. I think I saw a meme this week where it said, "This generation too too old." No, sorry, too young to be able to afford to buy a house. Too old to become like a TikTok celebrity. The perfect age to have purchased a polyphonic ringtone for one ninety nine. Yep, absolutely, and that is devastatingly absolutely true of me <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah i was very familiar with with kelly brook from from this mm. period although by yeah, the time brana had come out i had reached the age where i was comfortable by going to buy my fhm myself rather than oh. when i was a younger teenager and wanted to read fhm despite it not being illegal would get my friend who was a year older to go and get it for me because I was too shy to go up to the first in the WH Smith. Oh, is this your favourite magazine, is it? Well, I'm just that, buying it, buying it for an eight. Interested in women and fashion, are you, young man? You're, you're no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> your mate would have had to say, I'm buying it for a mate, which was totally true, <laughs> but, would have, but would have seemed like the absolute most obvious lie in the history. This was dist- I've just seen this as I'm scrolling up. This was distributed by the Weinstein Company as well. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. Um, so this happened. So she's mugged, even though his sister's mugged him off. Um, Kelly Brooks actually quite nice to him. And then yeah. who should rock up but old Jerry O'Connell as a, um, he's a porn producer. Um, mm. He turns up with another, with another actress and um turns up with another actress and his like assistant who's getting in to get things and his his assistant's very sensible he's like oh i'm gonna get some suntan lotion he goes suntan lotion mate that's the opposite of what we need we need <laughs> it's the absolute opposite of what we need um, um we need a big boat and we're gonna need someone to take us around the areas and he i i feel like they're not, not prepared you can't just turn up to the place you're filming and not have a boat or a loca- an idea of where you're gonna film just turning up with two talent, two, <laughs> two turning up with two ladies and just expecting that's it. Have you got a script? Have you got a script? I want to know what these. I want to know what their do the do's and don'ts are. 
to be fair, it looks it looks like he's he, he's obviously the man with the plan because once he's found the the location, which is, I imagine, like many other locations they could have gone to, they just appear to have gone to a nice bit of sea, nice bit of water. Yeah, it's not like them being at spring break is is sort of is sort of supposed to be involved in the shooting of this film. Just a boat and a nice bit of sea. They could have gone somewhere quieter, you know. Could have paid less of a premium to do it on not spring break week. Paid less of a premium and a bit. It would have been quieter, you know. Jerry O'Connell. Been... Jerry O'Connell's an adult man. He hasn't got to wait for college holidays. No, but maybe he did that on purpose. So because he, want, he wants to find some more talent there, the people that... who we can, people who we can convince to get naked for a little blast of tequila and cocaine instead of that tells you all you need to know. That tells you all you need to know about him. Uh, so yeah, but basically what he does is he ropes Jake into being like the location scout. He's like, yeah, you you're familiar, you know where where everywhere is. You can, and of course he says, I can he. Yeah, I've got uh, a babysit but... tomorrow. He, he he says, oh, he kind of gets roped up in it, and the little sister's like, actually, he's busy tomorrow, and he's like, you got me into this. Yeah, you got me into it by by talking to Kelly Brook. I would have just come and picked you up and not spoken to Kelly Brook, but you've been talking to Kelly Brook, so. You've set this whole shebang up. So Should yeah, be ashamed. In many ways, adding adding the sister to the villains of this of this film. Mm. Um, so <laughs> he goes home and he sort of is debating about. They they explain that they are wild wild girls, and he goes, "Okay, put that in the tank. I will. Um, I'll Google <laughs> that later." And then he googles it later. Oh and god, he, yeah. Oh god, I felt this one. Like, well, what he's done. <laughs> So what he's done, right? So he's obviously looking at something. First of all, there are a few errors here, and I'm just going to put them out there as somebody who, you know, grew up as a teenage boy with probably um, a p- parents who would just like pretty much walk into your room. Okay, so don't judge me for this and don't make assumptions. But first of all, screen turned towards the door. No, absolutely no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Right? Okay, you need at least. Okay, first of all, when that when that door opens, ideally, not only does your screen not to be need, should not be visible, but you should not be visible. So ideally, as the door opens, the computer should be there on the left, and you're just out of the way a little bit. That's perfect. So not only has he got that going on, first of all, I'm pretty sure he's got sound on. Yeah, because you know? hear Jerry kind of going wild, wild. He's, between, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like dancing in like an animated like a video loop, saying wild, wild. Uh, you know, <laughs> with like naked women gyrating yeah. against him, he's having the time of his life. There's so much wrong with this particular scenario, um, which makes it completely not believable. But of course, we're supposed to. There needs to be a moment of embarrassment for. So his mum walks in, it. and she basically keeps. <laughs> his other mistake is the second his mum walks out of the door, he basically like maximizes the window again to get back to his. Yeah, the second, the and then she comes back in about three times. But on the other side, she does not address it in any way. She's like, entertaining yourself, are you? Like, she's like, that's not a conversation I'm prepared to have. No, not now, please. I guess what can she do? As if she says, well, because you're irresponsible and you've got porn on all the time, you're not allowed to look after these children. Technically the sensible thing to say, but probably thinks... Yeah. Mm. Oh, I've got no one else. And as you mentioned, the prices of childcare through the roof. Uh, yeah. There we go. So, so basically, just they just bust him watching Wild Wild Girls. Yeah, 
But you know, he's just doing a bit of research, if anything, just to see what he's getting himself well, he's, into. He's seeing what these potential employers are like. In many ways, very responsible. Mm. Very responsible. Uh, so around about then, so it's the next day, and I think Jake's mum is off searching stuff for Matt Boyd, who was missing. Um, with oh Deborah no, Bradman. she goes. She goes out with with Ving Rams, right? Ving Rams, and oh yeah, of course, at night time. Yeah, she falls in. There is a little bit of night time. We have to take it back. Ah, oh, we do have to take it back. Tiniest bit of night time. She goes and they find his boat washed up. She falls in, and um, unfortunately, Richard Dreyfus has been replaced with a skeleton. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, Richard Dreyfus did say he wanted to do that scene, but they were like, sorry. We've already promised this skeleton that he'll be in the scene. You've been recast as a skeleton because you weren't available on that day. <laughs> and ask, and what happens if skeletons are in the water? If you fall in with them, they want a hug. They bob up against you, yeah. They bob up against you. They want. They definitely want a meaty hug. Yeah, I, I guess it's like, you know, like if you put two drops of water near each other, they will, they will try to convalesce and get together. <laughs> yeah. Like bones and skin, okay. Outside of the environment of being a whole person, will look for another person to gravitate towards. So a skeleton will will float mm. at you. Yeah, um, it's very like it's, it's like the poltergeist moment, isn't it? Here where skeletons popping up, skeletons, uh, yeah. and she and she screams. She's terrified. I'm not. I'm not surprised. But then obviously she says, "Whatever's going on here, we got to close the bloody lake." But Ving Rams reminds her. Irving Rams says. It's the busiest day. It's hard busiest. to hard, you know. It's going to be real hard. Busiest week of the year. Everyone's it's bringing important revenue to the small town, so we can't can't really do anything like that, can we? But there's going to be to. some. But there's going to be some earthquake bods that will. Um... Yeah, we got some experts to come in and see, you know, what's going yeah. down. So at this point, they don't think piranhas aren't on the agenda, not on the radar. Think. We haven't seen any piranhas until mm. later. Yeah. So then apparently a cliff diver gets attacked now. I don't... Yeah, there's just, a, there's just a throwaway scene where someone is doing, again, dangerous activity that we're warned about in safety videos to this day, doing some tombstoning. Tombstoning, yeah. That's not the Undertaker <laughs> doing his special move. It's just going off a big cliff. But it would have a similar, similar effect to your neck, I expect. Yeah. Mm. Um, this actually, though, in many ways, he... Um, he it's not too bad for him because he just does a tombstone in the tombstone in itself doesn't doesn't do anything no ill effects from it but he does tombstone into a vortex of piranhas <laughs> bloody hell are you in a vortex of piranhas there yeah, it looks like it bloody hell this is horrible no yeah, time so to even, get... no time to even complain about it chomped so he, up. Get, he gets chomped right up um piranhas don't eat people this fast do they do they even eat people no. Well, they don't. They they seem, they they seem to waste a lot of people. They just chew them. They just get them all chewed. Yeah, they do that. Bite biting but, full like whole limbs off. But they don't finish them. Very waste. Waste. Ever, waste, ever so waste. Not, want not. Yeah. Okay. So the next day, Jake makes a deal with his siblings, Zane and Laura, and says, "Like, if anything, pretty expensive. Uh, sixty bucks. Sixty big ones to get them to stay home, so he can go off and be." Uh, Porno tour guide, tour guide slash scout slash cameraman locations scout slash just dog's body on the boat. He just he does it all. Yeah, he's getting there. He has to pay them sixty bucks to do it. 
foolish errand here as well. Jake, not a wise man. He pays them up front. Yeah. You'd say I'll pay half you now, half 30. later. 30 if you don't fuck it up. Yeah, that's true. Because they do fuck it up pretty much immediately. So immediately, the second he's gone. Why do they do this? They just go... Well, the little brother goes, well, I'm, I was going to go fishing, mate, and there are no fish here, so I'm going to go to this island where there's going to be tons of fish. Yeah. The little girl is like, the, the sister Laura is like, no, we should do this. This is silly. But no, they get in a canoe. And, you know, in a movie like this, as soon as kids are put in peril, you, it's worrying. And this is when they're sailing off and the little sister says to the brother, says, oh, and when, when I'm a rock star... I'm not going to let you be one of my groupies. Have I misunderstood <laughs> what groupies are? Good. You know what? Good. There's so many. Yeah, you've misunderstood. You haven't misunderstood what groupies are now. They have. They've misunderstood. And when it, but then he he points out searing. He's like, you play the clarinet. Yeah, but then maybe maybe like thinking of groupies in that way is is also old fashioned and out of date. Maybe groupies now are literally just fans of the band who just follow bands around and 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 get merch signed and take <laughs> follow, follow around their favorite clarinet players <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so that happens and then jake when he's getting involved in the old spring break porno scenario yeah, he, 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 nips he, along. Run, he runs he runs into kelly right and she goes what are you up to oh yeah and he has to go well, well i'm just oh, this is a funny babysitting yeah well you know, perfectly the scenario is going well for him until he's got to explain it. And it looks like Kelly is also split up with what's his name? She what, burns what have you him. Been his boyfriend. She burns her bully boyfriend right here. To be fair, maybe yeah. he does get eaten later on. We just don't see him because he's not really a memorable character. But we do see him. He's the guy on the boat, isn't he? Is he get eaten later on? I think he's the guy who mows everyone down with a speedboat. <laughs> the man who kills only the only person to kill as many people as the piranhas. As the piranhas. <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah, it's so right now he just gets burned because um, yeah, Kelly is talking to Jake. Along comes Derek, Jerry O'Connell himself, takes one look at Kelly and goes, "Tell you what, do you like um, do you like champagne, Kelly?" She says, "Oh, actually, I do. I like it a lot more than our sole boyfriend." A little bit shallow in the fact that she's dumped him for not having backstage backstage passes, not for being an absolute dick. But yeah, maybe um, it was. Nevertheless, it's how it. It's how it, it how it happens, and she goes along with them. Jake seems a little bit apprehensive of exposing Kelly to Jerry O'Connell and his mates. Yeah, so he clearly knows, you know, what Jerry O'Connell and his mates have got in mind um, as as you know as porno producers, and he's tr- probably trying to protect her, but also trying to. He also obviously wants to get involved in this role so he can be close to the action. And maybe he's thinking, if I'm there and also someone that I kind of like and I'm trying to impress, he's not going to be able to stand there with his mouth open, dribbling. Yeah. But nevertheless, she's along, for better or worse, she's along for the ride. And Jake gets a tiny bit of revenge here because those bullies are like, Jake? He's like, yeah, I'm off on the boat. Off on the boat. What would have been good (laughs) if he had a big drink that he could throw on them at this point? But no, he doesn't do that. He just... Leaves on the boat. <laughs> um, Derek, have you got any um, slushies on this? Yeah, I've got a slush puppy machine. Actually, this this boat's fully kitted out. <laughs> I mean, that would be badass, especially spring break. <laughs> Just warm, warm weather, oh. absolutely perfect. And you could mix it with your drink. And you could take some vodka slushies. Yum yum. Yeah, 
they are definitely a thing. Uh, yeah. So when so they go off to make a porno on the on the on the on the lake in the boat, um, and that's when the sheriff takes you. There's like a team of seismologists, divers who include uh, Adam Scott and and others. Yeah, and they basically go to the area go where to the, the site where the yeah where the where the tremors have been, mm. and um, yeah. they go down to have a look. And the the two divers that have gone on ahead, it's good seeing this one. The first guy goes down to the very bottom. We just hear him shouting. The second diver goes to get him, and then she's in peril. Adam mm. Scott gets his kit on, goes in, pulls her, and then he when he comes to the surface, she is literally a skeleton. Yeah, it was juicy. I mean, like, oh, you tell when you're the weight of her as you're bringing her up, you'd be like, this isn't quite right. So basically, there's like a, a prehistoric lake underneath this rift, essentially. Um, and under there, we see the it's like a huge cavern that's filled with like large piranha egg stocks. Glowy um, piranha eggs. Glowy piranha eggs. God knows how they've been, you know, surviving down there, but they have. Uh, and yeah, it's Paula, who's one of the divers who gets shredded. She gets well and truly shredded. Um, and when she gets pulled out of the river, she is a big, she, what does she look like? What would you say? <laughs> well, she's in a yellow, spam, a spam <laughs> fritter. <laughs> she's in a yellow um, uh, wetsuit. And then she just comes out like, oh, I guess, like you filled the, the wetsuit with mints and then it just leaks <laughs> out. You put it through the wash, yeah, and and you put it through the wash, yeah, it definitely looks like that. A load, of, a load, a load of old mints, <laughs> yeah. a load of old mints in a in a in a yellow. It's like someone's done a bride from Kill Bill cosplay, and they were uh, going to make it for like the you know in again <laughs> UK specific folks. We sometimes in various counties of the UK have like a scarecrow contest where you build a <laughs> scarecrow that looks like a character from a film. Um, it looks like someone was building a scarecrow. They've gone, got the old clothes, but I ain't got no straw. But I do have all of this minced beef that's about to go off. All this I know. minced beef, which is days from being from expiring. And and it's soaking wet, so it's just slam that in there. Soak this like this like this mince in here and then uh, leave yeah. it out in the sun. It's fair to say she's dead. Yeah, it's immediately yeah. dead. There's no need to try any type no of mouth to mouth. No one's checking a pulse. Everyone's going. That was a human being a second ago. They look like they've been through a giant blender, and now <laughs> look at the state of it. Yeah. But they do manage to capture a lone CGI piranha. It's stuck to her. Yeah, so they bash it with an oar and they keep it. It's stuck to her. What was that guy playing at? All the other ones managed to just go off, and he was staying around trying to eat a bit more. Well, he's maybe the least yeah. wasteful one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then is when um, Christopher Lloyd is introduced. His name's Carl Goodman. He's a retired marine biologist. Um, and they t- they say, look, look at this fish. It's been shredding people up like a industrial sized shredder, something similar to your anecdote from last week. Uh <laughs> Um, what what could it be? And uh, Christopher Lloyd, aka Carl Goodman, says that's a super aggressive prehistoric species of of piranha that hasn't been seen, you know, millions two, of years, millions two, of years, two, two, two millions, two, two, two million years. 
Yeah. Um, and they and I think they theorize here that the piranhas must have survived through cannibalism. But two that million years even better at like biting and eating people. Yeah, two million years of evolution in a prehistoric lake where no one they've got access to nothing. Dead boring. Yeah. Is that no, they've they've been eating each other, they're they're brilliant. And like what a perfect bit of casting. Christopher Lloyd here does like eccentric scientist like no one else oh yeah it is it is perfect it's it's one of those roles where you're just like yeah there He's it is straight at, it. straight at 11 little short cameo but worth every penny so good yeah a little short cameo but we do get another little scene later on don't we but it's mostly just this just scene where it's establishing the rules of the predator which is good you know it's nice when we've got a an expert talking us through um yeah. the monster and yeah, what to expect from it. He's great. And he's kept it in his he's kept it in his thing. He's he appears in three double day as well, you know, Ben. He's he's back for a sequel. Is he? Yeah. Uh, a, a, a major a bigger role or just, no, just about a, a roughly the same role. amount. Um yeah. So he, he's there, he's there again. Meanwhile, while this has been going on, um, there has been I mean, do we say it's tastefully done? There is opera over the back of it. Um, uh, a nude underwater swimming scene because thankfully oh, yeah, Jerry yeah. O'Connell has hired a glass bottom boat and yeah. his his talent, not Kelly, she's uh, just a visitor at this point. Um, so actual Kelly, Kelly Brooke and the other the other model that he has, they do some naked swimming underneath the boat while him and his cameraman film it to opera music. Yeah. Um, impressed by the size of both of their lungs because yeah. they're holding their breath for a long time. You know, it's impressive. They they would do well as those people who dress up as mermaids at like sea parks and yes. go underwater and to, to make the kids happy. Yeah. They do well. They're making, they're, they're making Jerry O'Connell very happy right now though because he is losing his mind at his full frontal nudity here in this movie. He is having absolute whale of a time. Um, it's kind of life. It's uh, it's the cocaine though, right? Has he? I know she's had any yet. No, he's not even <laughs> had any. In this, uh, lo- in, in this case, nudity is his cocaine. He is yeah. off his off. About to say off his tits on it, but no, he's definitely <laughs> on those. He's on the tits. Um, he's he is he is loving it. So he's um yeah he's enjoying them being underwater, and at the same time, having spoke to the the scientist, um. Elizabeth Shue phones phones her son. Mm. You just tell him to shut up <laughs> because of that. yeah because of, shut up a minute. He's, cl- he's clearly on the, on this phone call with someone he's trying to think and then like as they're doing it they are shouting the worst things <laughs> for, for your mom for your mom who walked yeah watching if someone else if someone else said nah you'd just say them, nah I'm just, watching, I'm just going nah I'm watching porn that's all you'd say. It's like a fake out here where it looks like Kelly's been got because her like floaty chair disappears. Yeah, she's just um, left it empty and he swims out, but she's right. gone back to the boat actually and said, Oh, don't you want to come and do the rest the rest of these things? And then <laughs> things they're doing next is do some body shots, is what they're doing. Yeah, doing some body shots. Tequila, very wasteful again. I'm talking about waste. Tequila just all over bodies. Uh, most of it probably ends up on the floor. Salt on 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 the bodies as well. And you know it's all fun and games until 
Kelly throws up over the side of the... Yeah, oh, and just when it's a bit of a moment, because it's kind of a bit of pressure. It's like, oh, go on, do a body shot. And she does, and the girl uses, a, you know, the other oh, yeah. porn actor uses it as a moment to snog Kelly. It's okay. She seems to be uh, seems to be going through there. Like, you know, um, Jerry O'Connell's a little bit in the grey areas of consent. He's Robin Thicke in it. Um, so he's <laughs> out there. Um, wow. So he's... He, so he, he's he's up to that, and then they convince um, you know, Jake and Kelly are gonna, you know, maybe they're gonna get together. This is gonna be a kiss, which he throws up in his face. Um, it'll be, it'll be an interesting the side. Be interesting place to like get together. Where did you guys meet? Well, obviously met before that, but where did you guys get together? Well, we were on a boat making a involved in making a porno just I mean, prior, just prior to a piranha massacre. I mean, that's not. You know, make one man's trash another man's treasure. You're saying you met on a porno shoot. Sounds seedy um, in the world of Piranha, but actually, a very romantic story in the in the story of Love Actually. What a lovely couple, Martin Freeman. <laughs> oh God, uh, I kind of remember that. But is that was? Oh yeah, of course. No, no, I do remember that. There it's we one go. Of the, one of the least problematic couplings of that thing. At least she's not employed by him. Oh, like yeah. several other of the relationships yeah. in that film, um, but um, in this case, this from this is the one they look down on. So, but this time Kelly's Kelly's got poorly, um, too much too much tequila. Mm. When we say Kelly, not Kelly Brook, not Kelly the character Brooke. of Kelly. I think exactly, we said yeah. this just when we began recording. I think had Kelly Brook been better known in the US at the time that this film was made. You probably yeah. wouldn't have had Kelly Brook and another character called Kelly. Because it no. is ever ever so confusing. It's, it is it is super, super confusing. Very, very confusing indeed. Um, and Kelly Brook maybe gets the shitty end of the stick when it comes to that because big name obviously in the in the uk probably one of the most recognizable faces in this film for uk viewers apart from probably christopher lloyd but still um yeah so what happens now is it all kicks off i think the sheriff and the deputy and the seismologist go to like where the the main spring break party is happening and do a classic get out of bloody water you there's piranhas about um, but of course, their warnings are pretty much ignored. The yeah, kids even, when he sh- even when he shoots in the air, um, yeah. even when he shoots in the air, that only distracts them for a second. And it's like, hey, you got to get the water. There's danger. Because, oh, no, it's all right. We've got plenty of beer. The party's kicking off again. So no one is, no one's listening. Yeah. No Meanwhile, one's the brother listening. and sister have got stranded on an island. Mm. Um, yeah, they've got, their boat just floated off. I don't think they tied it down. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's happening. And then again, we're, we're there's a bit of tension where we're supposed to think the piranha is probably going to get the sister because she stands on something in the water and then she's bleeding. In many and ways, that get... litter is the hero of that story because the piranha's coming. She steps on some glass and then goes, "Oh, Blumenell gets out." Yeah. So actually, yeah, litter we get a, redeemed. A point of view of the of the piranha as well. So you know, there was one lurking about, ready to ready to eat her up, but didn't happen she was lucky and then of course the party on on the lake turns into a bloodbath when people just start getting munched don't know that's pretty much yeah. what happens they just start attacking it begins it begins in both areas so uh, near the um 
Jerry O'Connell is desperate to get back. They, they find the kids, actually. They pick them up. Mm. Um, Jerry O'Connell's been having some cocaine, and this is where it all goes. Starts He's been having on. a lovely, delicious, some so, lovely, delicious Moorish cocaine. Yeah, Kelly's, Kelly's throwing up. Um, uh, Jerry's gone on to his coke, and then he is um, very, very keen on getting back to... Um, Film the wet T-shirt contest hosted by Eli Roth of all people. He wants yeah. to get back to that either that thing, and he's furious at Jake for getting for not taking a shot of a topless paraglider um, that he wanted to get some shots of. Yeah, um, because he makes them go and he says, "My brother and sister over there, you've got to go and rescue them." He sees them mm-hmm. waving, and he goes, um, "Well, I'm not going to do that. You're doing a mutiny on me." And he goes, "Look, yeah. my mom's the sheriff," and he goes, "Oh." Wipe the cocaine off my nose. Okay, we'll go in. We'll go and get. Oh yeah. Um, and then while they look away, the paraglide, the topless paraglider gets gets her legs eaten off. Yeah. So it's topless paraglider. She's having a whale of a time. The the guys um, driving the boat are loving it as well. But no, when she goes in the water, she gets attacked and she has her legs off and she's immediately dead. I'm assuming that's just because blood loss, of course. Yeah, you have your legs off. You don't last so long. Immediately dead, and it it uh, it had come sharp as well. You'd be surprised. <laughs> it would come sharp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sharp scratch. A sharp scratch. It definitely, definitely would. Um, and meanwhile, no as you say, it it begins kicking off moments later at the main party area as well. So, um, there's loads of close calls. Like like it goes. It properly goes like two, three times. It's about to get someone and they get out. And then there's one person sitting in one of those inflatable chairs and mm. she gets slurped through the bottom, gets bitten on the bum and and pulled through by the swarm. And then from that moment, absolute carnage. Absolute carnage. Yeah. People are people are getting I mean, there's limbs everywhere, blood. Um, we get some good close-ups of CGI of people getting I mean, it's pretty gruesome, isn't it? Like faces getting torn up. Faces getting torn up. Um, Eli Roth, master of the metaphor for boobs, by the way, because he's hosting a wet t-shirt contest. Oh yeah. Of course. Um, then, then gets very cross and is trying to knock everyone out of the way, but then he gets his head smashed by a boat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Adam Scott becomes an action hero and like does like a swing onto. Does like a yeah. swing onto but, a jet ski and goes rescue. Uh, give give me the shot. Give me the shotgun. But then you're like shotgun. I feel like any weapon against piranhas would be pretty terrible. Um, of course, um, the sheriff fires a taser in which explodes one piranha. Just one but piranha. Like, that's, that, that's just one piranha. You know, that's like, come on. There are so Fire many. There are so many piranhas still, and this is the, then there's a scene where like another man possibly the boyfriend from earlier gets onto a boat and just mows loads of people down don't I know why he drives is... further into the lake who knows yeah i think it is the boyfriend he gets on like a speedboat and yeah he, he kills probably just as many people who have been killed by the piranhas so far in this one sequence and of course when 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 the boat gives up because it's been mowing down a lot of people and then everyone everyone in various stages of being in loss piles onto the boat and Pile they all the boat, yeah and that's basically every boat in the in the scene right there's oh wait there's, boat, there's a pontoon yeah and there's a bit where like a cable just swings a, like ch- chops someone yeah diagonally from the shoulder to 
bisected the they get they get halved by yeah. the um by the by the big one they get ghost shipped again a period in cinema probably from yeah well actually i was gonna say resident evil that's 2002 2002 through to probably about now people get bisected all over the shop in horror in the aughts you would get surprised bisected on the regular yeah and then the effectiveness of that bisecting would be based on how long it took that body to then fall apart you know sometimes people do they reckon they use like wily coyote logic it's only when they notice they've been chopped that they're going to die like the way that he doesn't notice that gravity is a thing until he's realized that he stepped (laughs) off a cliff yeah so if they could just carry on without looking down and seeing they've been got like if those those three topless ladies had realized had just gone about their lives oh you've got a little little red line there if they had noticed that they wouldn't have slid into bits they would have junk. been absolutely fine yeah exactly that's what happens isn't it um, but there we go if, she, if she'd have quickly gone oh put a jumper on before i notice anything then she would have carried on <laughs> jumper would have held her together until it healed she'd have been, she'd have been absolutely fine <laughs> wow or if someone, if do you reckon if some, that's happened to someone and someone just gets you, you just hold them together really quickly before they get a chance to slide. Quick, get a doubles, get a t- get the sellotape, get a sellotape, <laughs> sort them out. <laughs> yeah, just put like a dab of super glue around the edge. Although super glue per volume, you don't get very much in quite an expensive. No, that's true. It's valuable as printer ink. Um, so yeah, those people get bisected, and it's and it's this is literally like uh, just a chaotic like so like when that comparison was made to dead alive slash brain dead like Mm. it's true it's it's an over-the-top carnival of of absolute gore gore set pieces there's another bit where i think it's the guy with the speedboat he catches someone's hair and is trying to rev the engine then it scalps her face like scalps the slash the gloves her face yeah it's pretty it's pretty brutal um yeah and there's loads of different obviously practical effects probably amputees and stuff um where their legs have just been like gnawed down to the bone and just skeletons yeah skeleton legs and people are in agony uh yeah it's 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 ridiculous but it is effective it is like you're kind of watching it all play out um this is where the rewatch of a film like this comes in right because it isn't that there is Oh, do you remember that scene where X one that there are so many things in this particular scene mm. that you won't catch them all. And there's so much background detail as well, because they had obviously so many extras. Yeah. Like what a fun I am and again, I, I say this having not read anything. I might look into the behind the scenes notes it was horrible and abusive, an abusive film set. Like, but it strikes me watching it that being an extra in this film like you had to pretend to have a big old party mm. and then you had to like crawl around with gore effects and scream and shout but you had an absolute riot doing it oh yeah <laughs> yeah totally uh yeah this 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 seems very entertaining you know you could probably watch this scene uh, oh yeah and of course Ving Rames as well takes out some piranhas using the propeller of the of the speedboat as well. He, is... As he sinks away into the water, unfortunately, he did lose him. Yeah, but um, did he die? Well, you he think he's. You, I think it's implied that he's dead, but he's not because he's in the he's next not. one with he's metal legs, one. with titanium metal legs. legs. Yeah. 
adamantium legs. Um, okay, so while that's all going down, everything on the porno boat happens as well. They obviously go and rescue the kids from the from the island, and that all happens fine. But then Derek crashes the boat um, into like some rocks, and the boat starts to sink. Um, Him and, is... and not Kelly Brook fall into the water. He yep. pushes her in front of the piranhas and she gets got first. Mm. Um, but then, and then we get a, again, we get a few scenes of this that we haven't called out, but this is probably one of the most egregious. This is a 3d movie, you know, scene <laughs> where a piranha comes out from her mouth. Oh yeah, of course. Comes towards the screen. Yeah. And, and, uh, just... and Derek gets got, he does get pulled out of the water but he's, his legs are bones, and all he can mutter is, they took my penis! They took, they took my penis! I mean, the penis, like, that's gone straight away, isn't it? Just a bit of hanging flesh that would be immediately yeah, snapped if you're a, up. Yeah, if you are a piranha, that would be easy pickings, low-hanging easy fruit. Easy pickings, yeah. You won't be, like, gnawing on the shins. You won't get any meat from that. Um, no, no. But, but, yeah. And then, of course, I mean, this is quite an effective. Obviously, his lower half is probably like under the boat for this effect, but still, it looks pretty good. He's uh, like bones, yeah. He's like basically from the waist down, he is like a little mince mince press skeleton. He's a little bony man. Uh, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. And then we cut to you know, he's as he's lamenting the loss of his penis, we see said penis. I assume it's his, not another person's, um, floating <laughs> in the water. Uh, and a yeah. piranha burps uh, it chows, chows it down and then burps it up. Yeah, do you think Jerry, do you think actor Jerry O'Connell got a say in what his penis was going to look like? Uh, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? And Just do you think they went for accuracy or aspirational? It depends, really. It depends what mood he was in. Maybe he was feeling a little bit like he needed to. <laughs> Like he needed some extra, don't just enlarge those polygons, just enlarge them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it going to be like, you know, is it going to be just that they had a template? For, oh, yeah, we'll, you know, we've got a knob template open. Yeah, we've got, takes ages um, to... we've got, we've got several rendered penises. Which one of these is most like you? And we'll, we'll use it. Or is it like, you know, Peter Cushing and so on, where they've got some painstakingly 3D recreated thing from all the footage of him for years. Jerry O'Connell <laughs> had to stand in like a VR booth rotating oh, yeah. for, for make like sure the, you're in a, like, a bit period of slight of arousal. Yeah. Yeah. Not so it's illegal to show on cinemas. It has to be <laughs> no more than this many degrees. Um <laughs> go over excited then. Yeah, so we see his knob and then um, I think a towel gets put over his head to sort of say he's definitely dead. Yeah, Kelly um, Brook like goes rest in peace, puts the towel over him. Um, yeah, uh, and then I think so. Yeah, I think then the sheriff and Novak, who is it was Adam Scott, go to the sinking boat, attach a rope to the boat to, to kind of like all, all of them for to, to like get off of it and climb over to that one. But Kelly is trapped in like I guess. What would you say? The She's in the, the underground. Boat? Yeah, because when when um, Derek crashed the boat, the glass bottom is broken and the kitchen is being flooded and she can't get yeah. out. Um, so she's in there. Piranhas are like trying to get at her as well. Um, and the only way it seems to be able to get to her is for somebody to swim under and swim into that bit to, yeah. to get him out, which obviously Jake says he's going to do. I'm he's going to do it. Argues with the monks. It's all his fault um, that she's there, which is which is true. 
And then she says, um, you've got so much explaining to do after Kelly Brooks states that she's going to be strong because she's a pole dancer. Uh, many strings to her bow, Kelly Brooke, it would seem, uh, a character at least. Um, but unfortunately, she doesn't last much longer. Yeah, she gets, unfortunately, partly because they try to put everyone on the rope at once and it sags, partly because she's got long hair and the piranhas get it. Yeah, both of those reasons. Uh, I mean, come on, should have. I know they're in a rush and they're all pretty stressed. They've had a stressful day. You got to think these things through, um, but yeah, Kelly Brooke. I mean, it's not the most glorious death for her, you know, or or over the top death. She kind of just gets pulled in and yeah. deaded. Enough, enough piranhas jump up and grab her, so she falls into the quintessential vortex of piranhas and yeah. gets gets got. Gets got. The water turns red, which means you know it's over for her. Um, and Jake's plan basically is the ropes come loose, so he ties it to himself, swims under. Grabs Kelly and then says, well, he throws, away real fast." Throws Jerry O'Connell off the side first, and he's not oh, dead. Oh yeah, he comes no, out. And no, gets no, the, no. He gets to mutter wet T-shirt to him a few times first, so he yeah. throws him in the water. I mean, technically, he was going to die of his piranha injuries, but has Jake just murdered that man? <laughs> uh, I mean, technically, I mean, in a court of law, I expect so. This man with skeleton legs and no penis. He would have gone on to live a long and fruitful life, but you slung him into the water. <laughs> you guaranteed his being eaten. Guaranteed so his demise. While the piranhas are finishing him off, you're right, you can swim underneath, and then he gives them... Put it to you, Ben. Sound like I'm in a court of law now. That It takes more than 10 seconds to swim out of that boat. I feel 10 seconds was nowhere near enough time. No. Especially was... as they waste some time by stopping to have a little kiss. Yeah, that that was ridiculous. And luck, but luckily the piranha. I mean, this is obviously a second later. Then the piranhas sort of like stop before they get to them to sort of look at them. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they have a little, they have a little look to go right. Let's weigh this up. I've never seen two people together with that rope in their hand before. Yeah, or maybe they're just psyching themselves up because they're a bit full. So I mean, another one. This this part is pretty pointless because it's like, why do they need to blow the boat up? I mean, in terms of plot, it kills the piranhas, yes. But in that moment, you'd be like, let's just get her out. Why are we going to try and blow the boat up? So um, releases the gas from these propane tanks in that kitchen bit and then uses a flare, which he lets float back up into the boat. Yeah. Um, and they get pulled away just at that moment. I mean, trying to time all that to happen. I know in a movie it works, but trying to time all that to happen in this scenario while also trying not to get eaten by piranhas, I feel like would be too difficult. And also, if that explosion is going to... The, the pressure wave in the explosion we see kills the piranhas. But the people are fine? I know They're a person fine. is a, is bigger than a piranha, but surely at least make you ill. It's, it's not a prehistoric person. These are prehistoric piranha. They, I feel like they're made of sterner stuff than you're running the mill piranhas. Maybe as a result, they're weaker to modern things like bombs. Yeah, they've never been around bombs. Never they, they, up they, around bombs. So, so good at like if it had been a volcano that had gone off, olden days explosion, <laughs> but a propane yeah. gas explosion, their bodies aren't attuned to those. No, not at all. So, uh, so they're gone, they're gone. So, and yeah, they're... and essentially, it's like, oh, it's a happy end. All the piranhas basically get killed in this big explosion. Well, I say all the piranhas, surely they'd be elsewhere as well. Yeah, but sure, no. just the piranhas in that bit. Are we led to believe that at the main dock, they 
in the course the of the film. They, they got they got all of them. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense, does it? But of course, this happy ending is short-lived anyway, because then Mr. Goodman, Christopher Lloyd, calls up and you're like, come on, mate, get to the point. What are you talking about these reproductive organs for? I'm not interested in that. But he tells uh, Sheriff Julie that the reproductive glands are not mature, which means the fish they've killed are only the babies. And in perfect timing, as it would be had, uh, Adam Scott is saying, well, where, where are the big ones then? And then a giant piranha leaps out of the water and eats him. Yeah. And that's the end. And I'm assuming in Piranha 3, Double D, there are big piranha. Yeah. Um, they're roughly the same size as the ones in this one, but it's a completely unconnected thing because they get pumped into a water park Got um, oh, because yeah. because he drills because oh, yeah. he drills a well to do it. Um, they do evolve to walk by the end of the film. Come again? They they at the end of the film, Christopher Lloyd spoils for Piranha Three Double D. But honestly, I don't think it's a seminal piece that you're going to be like, oh, spoiled spoiled that for me. But this the thing at the end of that one is because oh, they're they're teaching themselves to walk and they're beginning to walk on land. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a wild and crazy ride. But we wow. do see at the start of Piranha Three Double D that um this um that the town from this one is basically like you know you can't go touristy anymore because even though they're trying to exterminate the piranha they're all over that lake now um which i guess they are a native species to that lake they should be protected i suppose protect them as their lake yeah that's where they that's where they live i tell you what re-gear your tourism industry to go and have a look at these piranhas yeah for god's sake that's have little, lots of piranha merch. You could have yeah. like you could you have your legs off and eat them. Yeah, little skeletons. Okay, there you had really yeah. hard skin that you needed to really get sorted. You know, you put your bath. You <laughs> that. that was a popular thing for a hot minute, right? At the yeah, at the at the shopping mall. Gonna have your thing. You put your feet in. Yeah. What happened to that? Was it was it deemed to be not very nice to the little fishies or was it deemed dangerous to the feeties can't remember oh i'm not sure one of those things or the great leveler of all retail maybe covid who knows has covid little 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 tiny little fish unemployed yeah swimming around devastated okay <laughs> they've had to rescue they're, they're all app developers now all these little <laughs> fish they're all piranha uh actors bit part piranha actors just a, just a little role in the background enough okay, of them so to get together and they have to cg and they can then they can appear as one piranha on screen a whirlpool let's all get together and be a piranha whirlpool okay uh so there we go that, uh, we've got to do a bit of name game luke's obviously not here to facilitate that but i've got just one i don't know if you've got any i've managed to come up with three in the course of the episode will any three. of them be the same as yours let me do mine first then just on, to then. uh <laughs> Just because then, you know, if it is that. Okay. Um, what's the description of this film? I can't remember. Piranha. There's a there's an attack of piranhas on a on a lake. But this lake is in an African country, the African country of uh Togo. So it's not quite this country, but it's pretty close to this country, which is the film is named after. Oh, is it Sahara? No, it's not that. It's a it's a country. It's not the not the desert. Oh, I thought it was near the desert. You see, um, 
So it's not in Togo, but it's nearby, and they're attacked. The, the lake is so infested that... <laughs> by by another country. It's in Togo, which is near the country where this is set. I guess that doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean. Near, near is the first bit. So near something that sounds probably like if you're <laughs> if you're gonna list the top three African countries, probably in terms of um, export, maybe. Pretty sure this is one of them. Oh God, I'm really testing my knowledge of the economies of Northern and Central Africa because I'd have personally said. <laughs> Kenya, Nigeria, but it can't be those because that doesn't work with this rhyme. It probably, it probably is Kenya, Nigeria, and Ethiopia. To be honest, uh, do you give up? Yes. Near Ghana. Near Ghana. Foolish. Yeah. I should have got that one. I should have written down my description of that. I kind of just did it on on the fly, so I apologise. But uh... that was hard. Near Ghana. My... <laughs> only... I give you a clue here. My mine mine don't rhyme that well. Okay. So, but hopefully you'll you'll get it. So, um, a lake, um, a hot spot, which is a hot spot for teens on spring break, is suddenly becomes under siege when an when an underwater rift unleashes a deadly swarm of bendy yellow fruits, which uh, which cause carnage. Just banana. Banana, correct. Just banana. Um, next. Bendy. Um. Famous pet detective is called in when a, when a lake celebrating spring break is attacked by a sacred white bat. Oh, is it the name of the bat? <laughs> it is the name of the bat. Oh, God, I can't remember. I was... Ace Ventura wasn't my... It wasn't a film I saw that much growing up. I was all about Liar Liar, you see. I don't know. I don't know the answer. It's uh, Shikaka. Um, <laughs> okay, I would never uh, have got that. Tell you what, very quickly on liar liar doesn't mean you have to be overtly rude, Jim Carrey. Like you, just, you, you can still when someone says good morning, you can still also say good morning. Yeah, you haven't got to or say, say your mum say... <laughs> or say nothing. Yeah, Shikaka, the great white bat. Is it? A re- is it real? Shika- I don't think Shikaka is real. I mean, you can have an albino anything, I guess, but um, yeah. And finally, um, a a lake, a popular hotspot for spring break. Um, things don't go as planned when an underwater rift um, enables the invasion by comfortable nightwear. Pajama. Pajama, correct. There you go. Nice. Now we it. have got to rate the film. Talk to me about Jim Carrey movies. You'll lose me, but comfortable nightwear. I'm going to slip into mine a little bit, get into bed. Slip right into your silken pyjamas and a little nightcap, I imagine. Oh, yeah, like Ebenezer Scrooge. Every <laughs> every morning, get out of the you boy, what day is today? And the passing oh, youth God. will tell me the day, <laughs> will tell me the day. Why, today, sir, is whatever day. <laughs> it's bloody Christmas. Um, okay, rate the film. Uh, phew, that's a good question, right? I think... Do you want to go first? Yeah, go on. I'll go. Um, you know what? This film knows exactly what it is. It is a B movie with a greater budget and, to be honest, a fairly astonishing, astonishing cast. 
I don't think it shies away from what it is. It has that joy of a trauma movie to it. Like, don't get me wrong, you will not sit down with your nan or your or your or high principles in watching it. It is as trashy and in many ways as exploitative as they as they come and therefore it won't be for everyone anymore nowadays i imagine there'll be any number of people that watch it in 2022 for the first time and say something else we were savages like so it is it is very much the time but having seen it at that time and knowing how cheerfully it seems to do this it's just a a riot of over the top over the top action and you know and and gore and you know throwing in those tropes of nudity in in schlocky horror movies and taking them to the absolute limit and beyond and it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and i think as you pointed out ben this is a film that you could put on and just at a party and it's on in the background and you don't need to have been following you could walk in and sit down for a scene before you go and get another drink or what have you or go into a conversation it's a great people have come round horror movie Mm. um and i think great early work from a director who it might be one of the best creature feature workers um today so i'm gonna go as far as a b on this one because i had a lot of fun watching this again as much as I stopped at a couple of points and was like, "Oh, am I bad that this is still good?" Like, but yeah, it's it was it was still fun. And but you thought needs more boobs at least once or twice. Yeah, I thought yeah at least <laughs> for the two frames that no no <laughs> naked bodies are on are on are on the camera on screen. I mean, I agree with you on pretty much every point. I'll probably go lower than a B though, just because I think with this watch, it felt like oh god, I've seen this loads. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that doesn't take away the score for the film, but I think in terms of how entertaining it is in terms of rewatchability <laughs> on yeah. your own, you know, sat in a room on your own watching it, it's a bit, it is. Maybe, it, maybe it's because I did watch it with someone else. Maybe that's the yeah, thing. Possibly, you were too but... busy worried about the laptop etiquette. Oh, that's not how you look at porn on your laptop, son. Bloody hell, this is ridiculous. Uh, I'll probably, I'll just go for a C for this one because I think it is enjoyable. I would like to watch Free Double D, even though you said it's worse. But still, I'll, I'll give it give it some attention. It's a great creature feature, really effective effects and gore. And, you know, in terms of it, it ticks all the right boxes that a creature feature like this should do. And it, sit, it does sit between the really naff creature films and B-movies. It sits nicely in between that. And it's a great sort of starting point for to look into the movies of um, Alexandra Asia as well. So if you like this, definitely go and check out Crawl. Uh, Hills Have Eyes remake as well is 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 a pleasure. We should really do that. And I as, love that much. Movie. Yeah, but yeah, I think I'll go. I think I'll go for a C just because of I guess. Yeah, don't want to right. go too crazy. Ben Sharknado. Yeah, every day of the week. Watch. I tell you what. Go on alone with that one. Watch Piranha every day of the week before. If you're gonna watch Piranha and Sharknado, Sharknado, just watch Piranha twice. Yeah. Um, Kind of, kind of, kind of devastated. I never saw this in 3D. Though I would have liked to experience the 3D floaty penis coming at my face. Oh, get on eBay, mate! I'll send you. I'll send you a pair of 3D glasses. <laughs> I've definitely got a pair of 3D glasses somewhere, surely. Okay, there we go. So that is that. That's Piranha 3D. Uh, thanks for listening. So, what have we got coming up next week? It is the burning. 
the burning first watch from me i'm looking forward to this yeah first watch from me as well um slasher movie at summer camp surely totally your cup of tea right andy yeah it's rare that i've not seen one of these i've been wanting to watch it for a while so i'm looking forward to this a great deal exciting look forward to it too so that's next week uh thanks very much for listening if you enjoyed the show become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout thanks to our current patrons john crinnan patron against his will ben scaife Stephen christopher laura kendrick toby miller lane spencer ollie child leslie carlo julia bilgren and pazuzu um if you enjoyed the show um, oh no, also thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating and a review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. Yeah, rating and reviews, please, guys. We'd love to uh yeah, yeah. an excuse to read some out. And it helps us apparently, not to any of the research. This this is where Luke comes in. Helps us with the algorithms, helping people helping people to find the show because there are a lot of uh, movie podcasts out there. So um, there are a lot of movie stars and apps. Maybe more than a couple of stars, maybe five. But, you know, it's up to you. We're not going to force your hand. We would never. Uh, there we go. Um, that's That was fun. Until next time. See you later. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, Thanks Andy. for being a right horror dude, Ben. We must say that. Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, I forgot that bit. Uh, Thanks for being a right horror dude, Andy. And thanks to me for being a right horror dude also. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for being right horror dudes. Hang out with you all again soon, everyone. Bye for now. Well, waving for ages now. See you later.